2: This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now live from the Matt Blatt Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill.
3: Josh Eddick filling it for Mike Gill Hill on a happy hour Friday edition on 973 ESPN FM. Don't forget the 973 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank of CIL City. Glad to have you guys on board the show today. We got a busy, busy day coming up for you. We got a prize giveaway that we we'll give out in the next couple hours. So keep your ear open for that momentarily. Plus busy lineup. Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City at 2.25. Chris Franklin from NG Advanced Media at 3 p.m. NFL insider Adam Kaplan at 4. NBA insider Brandon Scoopy Robinson at 4.30. And NFL podcaster Andy McNamara at 5 p.m. It's basically an expanded version of Game Night here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. We'll get you the latest on the Eagles offensive coordinator coaching search. A little news popping off a little bit earlier today on that front. Also, we will be talking about the Sixers heading into the weekend. I thought last night's game for the Sixers was very symbolic of the reason why they have to Make a trade before the deadline. I've heard some people try to argue that they shouldn't make a deal. I'm going to tell you why what I saw last night. Confirms how I feel about that. Also, we will get into the NFL wild card weekend. Of course, if you catch me each week on game night or hear the six pack of picks here on 97.3 ESPN each Friday afternoon. Uh, we did go six and three on last weekend's NFL weekend pick. So we'll try to give you some picks a little bit later in the show. The text board is open 609 403 0973. You want that number because happy hour Friday giveaway. We don't just want your drinking choices, what you're doing this weekend. No, I want to know from you guys, do you want tickets? Yes, we are giving away four packs of tickets to tomorrow night's Philadelphia Wings game. It's more than just a normal game. It is also going to have not one, but two concert performances before the game and at halftime. It is emo night for the Philadelphia Wings, a popular night for them each year. And this is pretty cool because South Jersey's own Jersey Calling will be performing in the East Food Hall Pre-game and at halftime popular Bucks County band the starting line will be on the turf level in the party zone so not one but two concerts so this is a great opportunity listen go watch some musical performances take your family take your friends it's a great opportunity to go out with the family this weekend and guess what it's not like there's any eagles to keep you from going out this weekend so here's the deal if you want to go to the Philadelphia Wings game tomorrow night, you got to text it at 609-403-0973. These four packs cover the whole night, the two concerts and the Wings game. Send in your name and your email address. We will email you directly the tickets that come from the Wells Fargo Center. So 609-403-0973, your name, your email address, And let us know what you're drinking this weekend. Or you can just text in your thoughts throughout the show, what you're consuming this weekend, your drinking recommendations. You know that Mike Gill is strictly an IPA guy. I am more of a diversified palate. So whether you are someone who likes different types of beers, whether you're someone who likes anything. Tell us what you're drinking this weekend, what you're consuming, what you're up to this weekend. And also, if you want the tickets, 609-403-0973. Fill off your wings tomorrow night. Two concerts on site and a four-pack of tickets. Send your name, your email address, and we'll get you in qualified for that giveaway contest. All right. So now that we got that set up for you for the day, I told you there was a huge takeaway I had. I'll get to the Eagles news in just a bit. I had a huge takeaway from the Sixers game last night. And I know that historically, we have always been told you can't overreact to one game. But I thought last night was a overlap for me of a bigger issue for the Sixers have had this year. To me, it is very obvious That this team does not have enough firepower. Last night. You saw a team. That did not have Tyrese Halliburton. In fact Tyrese Halliburton looked like he was starring for a movie or something. The way he was dressed on the sidelines. If I digress. Last night you saw why. A team like the 76ers. Don't have enough. Joel Embiid still scored more than 31 points last night. Joel Embiid did his job. In fact, Embiid only had two turnovers. He actually had a very efficient night. The problem is his teammates couldn't keep up. And for as much as I love Tyrese Maxey, it's becoming very clear that Maxey is a streaky scorer. Maxey is a lot more... He's a lot more like a Bradley Beal, Clay Thompson type of scorer. When he is on, he is unstoppable. But last night he went one for eight. And it it really concerned me that without Tobias Harris, the Sixers had trouble scoring last night. They shot horribly from three-point range. And a Pacers team without their best player... Tyrese Halliburton, but who had added an all-star in his own right, Pascal Siakam, they were more than ready for the task at hand. And I talked to Austin Krell, our Sixers insider from 97.3 ESPN.com last night on Game Night here on 97.3 ESPN. Josh Heddy filling in for Mike Gill on a happy hour Friday. He mentioned how the Pacers are much better equipped to slow down Embiid than the Spurs are, and you saw it last night. Embiid still got his 30, but Embiid, you know how many assists he had last night? Three. You know what he's averaging on the year? Almost six. They neutralized Embiid's ability to get his teammates involved in the game. So while Embiid got his 30, Maxi went one for eight from three. Beverly was over three from three. The only guy in the starting lineup was actually good from three was Batum. He was two for three. But you can't depend on Nicholas Batum in a playoff game. And Batum only played 22 minutes last night. I like KJ Martin as a role player, but you saw him way too much last night. And without Tobias Harris, it was very obvious that this team does not have enough. And it wasn't just last night's game. There have been other games that have been concerning for me. You go back to the last time they lost before last night. That Hawks game in overtime. They were out of gas in that overtime. They just didn't have enough juice. And that was a game with Tobias and Maxie and Melton. But no Embiid. A team in Atlanta who has no cohesiveness, struggling to find their way, playing the game in Atlanta. You had a chance to win. You couldn't get the job done because you don't have enough. Maxie had 35 points in the game. Again, another game where the best player on the floor, Maxie in that game and beat last night. They get 30-plus points. The team still loses. Why? Because you don't have enough firepower. You don't have enough ammunition. This team is a very good regular season team that's going to help you win a lot of games. As of right now, the 76ers are on pace to win over 50 games this season. But that's not going to do you any good in the playoffs. Now, look, we can debate until the end of the day who they should or shouldn't acquire. But I'm telling you guys right now, they have to acquire somebody. Because as currently constructed, this team cannot go for a seven-game series against the best teams in the East. And I am not going to take Doc Rivers and his inability to get out of the second round for granted. I am going to stand pat and say, I am concerned. And this stretch coming up, you are on a long road trip here. Tomorrow in Denver, Monday in Portland, very next night, travel down the coast to play the Warriors. Two days later, you got to go into the elements above sea level in Utah. This is going to be a long road trip. If this team... Struggles at any point moving forward in this road trip. It's going to make their need to improve this roster to me even more obvious. You can win a lot of games because of Joel Embiid. And just because he's the front runner for MVP, you shouldn't ask him to do everything. We have already seen in NBA history what happens when you ask a star player to carry you. He can only get you so far. Michael Jordan needed multiple players around him and Phil Jackson to win a championship. Kobe needed either Shaq or Pau Gasol and Phil Jackson to win a championship. And I'm not saying Nick Nurse is Phil Jackson. But I think Nick Nurse has brought out the best in Embiid so far this year. But I don't think Nick Nurse, Embiid, and Maxie and Harris are enough. They need one more guy. And as we inch closer and closer to the trade deadline, we are no longer a month or two away. We're no longer several weeks away. No. We are... Within eyeshot of that date. We are several days away from the deadline. That deadline is less than two weeks away. You got to be sure if you're the Sixers. That you walk out of this deadline with somebody who is going to allow you to not ask and bead Maxie and Harris to be perfect every night. You need somebody who is going to help you overcome the nights when the rest of the roster are not up to snuff. You need someone who is going to help you overcome if Embiid gets in the foul trouble, if Maxi goes cold from shooting, if Harris has a bad day at the office. When you are a team like the Sixers, who have higher aspirations than winning a playoff series, we talk about how there's a window, right? athletes to win a championship if you are the 76ers do not waste this moment Joel Embiid is playing better than we've ever seen him play Tyrese Maxey is an ascending star player and frankly Devias Harris hasn't played this well in about two three years and you're just going to go into the postseason and hope for the best with Nicholas Batum and the Anthony Melton and Robert Covington and Paul Reed and Pat Beverly? Those are all some really good role players. But they're not the guy you turn to in crunch time and say, we need another guy to shoot. Every championship team has that guy who's an elite role player. Back in the day, the Lakers had Robert Ory. The Bulls had guys like P.J. Armstrong and Steve Kerr and Ron Harper. The Spurs for years. Who do they have? Bruce Bowen there were other guys too, like Brent Barry. But the point is is that you can name someone or two from every championship team who was that high-level role player. Because there's going to come a night in the postseason when Embiid might be having a great night. But Maxie goes cold or Embiid goes cold and Maxie's having a great night. And Tobias Harris is having a steady night. You need one more guy that when you whip the ball around the outside of the key that can catch and make a bucket. And whether that someone is, let's say, DeMar DeRozan or someone is Malcolm Brogdon or whoever you want to name, you got to get somebody. Because as of here, right here, right now, you are not good enough. You saw what happened to the Eagles when they were close but not there. They fell apart. You have seen what has happened in this city when teams are this close and they don't have enough ammunition. They can't get over the hump. And Daryl Morey, if he is serious about winning a championship, he has to put this team in a position to get over the hump. Text board is open, 609-403-0973. Also, your DMs into the 97.3 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank of Sea Isle City. I'll get to some of your guys' text before we hit the break. Don't forget, Mike Gary is joining us in about, about a little bit less than 10 minutes from now. Of course, keep your text coming in. If you want to go to the Wings game tomorrow night, I need your name, your email address, and just let me know what you're, uh, what you're consuming this weekend. You know, like for example, I have a texter who just texted in. He didn't leave his name, but he wants to get on the wing tickets. He says he's got Miller likes Beck's non-alcohol, and Red Bull this weekend. Okay, I am out on the Red Bull. I am not an energy drink guy. I do draw the line there. Miller Light, solid, good choice for you, uh, but. You can keep the Red Bull all for yourself in your fridge. I am not rolling down that that way. <laughs> um, Andrew, I got your entry, so you will be in there. So Andrew's the first person to follow the instructions so far. So uh, text through, texted about Miller Lite. Please send us your name if you want to qualify for the contest. David Violin chimes in at 609-403-0973. says, with a good amount of salary cap available, Who or what type of players do you think the Sixers will target at the deadline? As I said, I think it's a high level, a high level role player. It's somebody who maybe at one point was an all star caliber player, maybe, and is no longer that guy, or it's somebody, you know, like, for example, I know Alex Caruso and DeMar DeRozan are guys that have been brought up in Chicago. Both of them I have interest in. The problem with some of the guys who I am interested in around the league, I don't know if they're all available. I thought Austin Kroll brought up two names last night. Both Bogdanoviches, Bojan and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Both of them, Hawks and Pistons, make a lot of sense to me. Those are the kind of guys I love see in the Sixers uniform. Either one of them. Someone who can catch and shoot, someone who can get some rebounds, take the pressure off of, and beat Maxine and Harris to be perfect. Someone who could be that fourth player. I think either Bogdanovich would be very good in that role, David and Myland. Um As to the Carter Hart question, look, there's a lot of conjecture out there, and I'll follow up on what I said on... Uh, what was it? Tuesday's game night here on three ESPN. I think that whatever's going on with Carter Hart, and I don't want to make any broad statements about his future. But whatever is going to happen with him, the Flyers got to play on the ice as if he might not be back anytime soon. I think the heart situation with the legal stuff going on with the Canadian World Hockey team from 2018, from the allegations that are out there to uh, a lot of the ups and downs of Carter Hart's career, right? I think there's a lot to Carter Hart that we don't know all the facts about. And I think that if Carter Hart can come back and be the franchise caliber goaltender – That'd be great. But as of right now, you got to play like he is unavailable. And I think that you saw last night versus the Red Wings, what happens when you have a goaltender who is comfortable in his space. Former Flyers goaltender Alex Lyon had an amazing game for Detroit last night. And I think the Flyers got to put Ersan and whoever his backup might be from night to night, whether it's Peterson or whether it's uh Samstrom they got to put any of these goaltenders in a position to feel like, look, Carter Hart's not walking through that door, man. We need you to do your job. And if you can't do your job, we'll go find somebody else. But we're going to put you in the best position to be successful. And frankly, if Carter Hart cannot get to what he was before all this stuff started happening – then you need to trade him. And no texter. Furkan Korkmaz. this texture at 609-403-0970. Furkan Korkmaz is not good enough for the Sixers. If you think Furkan Korkmaz is good enough for the Sixers, you're playing too much NBA 2K. Or you have a personal stock investment in Furkan Korkmaz. <laughs> I'm Josh Hennig, Philly for Mike Hill. Happy Hour Friday here on 97.3 ESPN. Keeper text coming in. If you want to get four-pack of tickets, wings tomorrow night at the Wells Fargo Center. We need your name and email address. The four-pack doesn't just get you in for the game, but gets you to both concerts, Pre-game and halftime at Wells Fargo Center tomorrow night. 609-403-0973. Keep messages coming in. Your thoughts on the Sixers, the Eagles. Happy Hour Friday. What are your regular recommendations for the weekend? Mike McGarry next
4: here on 973
3: ESPN. Josh filling for Mike Gill on a Friday afternoon.
4: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate?
2: The Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app.
3: 2.30 on the Sports Bash. Josh filling Villian for Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. We'll get back to the touchboard board in just a bit at 609-403-0973. We're going to continue the Sixers conversation right now and dabble in a few of the topics with Mike McGarry for the Press of Atlantic City. He joins us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Mike McGarry, welcome back in. How are you doing on this Friday afternoon?
5: Hey, Josh. I'm doing well. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. So let me start with this because I said before you came on about how, to me, last night was another example why this team has to make a move before the deadline because, Mike, to me, they just don't have enough firepower. Embiid goes for 31 last night and it wasn't enough because Maxie was cold, because Tobias was out injured. You can't depend on Maxie, Harris, Embiid all having a great night every night in the postseason. Yeah, and also take a look around the
5: Eastern Conference, too. Everybody is kind of stepping up their game a, a little bit. Now, you can debate uh, what the Mo- about what the Milwaukee Bucks have done, but obviously they took a look at their record, even though they're the number two seed in the East, decided with Adrian Griffin they weren't going to go anywhere in the playoffs, and so they went to Doc Rivers. Now, you can say that, you know, is that a, a positive addition or a negative addition? You know, who knows? But... The Bucs are not standing still. That's the point. The Knicks have made a move, picking up Adenobi, and they've just been on fire since uh, they got him. I I mean, I think they beat the Denver Nuggets last night by 30 points, and they're playing great. The Indiana Pacers made a move, right? They got Siakam, so they're they're not standing still. The the Miami Heat made a move, right? They got Rozier. The the Boston Celtics haven't made a move yet, but they probably got the strongest uh, starting lineup, out of any team in the East. So if the Sixers take a look around, it's almost like if you're not making a move and standing still, you're falling behind because everybody else, it seems to aggressively be going for it.
3: You know, a lot of names are being thrown out there, Mike. You know, one of the questions we had from a listener in the last segment was, is there someone that, you know, I would prefer? Well, Mike, is there someone that you would like to see the Sixers acquire if they are serious about making a deep playoff run?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, I think they can look to the Chicago Bulls. I know a lot of people look to the Chicago Bulls and look at Zach Levine as a guy who would come here, right? And, and maybe he would be a fit if he's no longer the number one guy. He's kind of the number you know, two option or even the number three option. But I'll go with another guy off the Chicago Bulls, and that's DeMar DeRozan. I, I think DeMar DeRozan, I mean, some of the analytics people don't like him because he's got a mid-range game, but I think he's another offensive guy who can create a shot, and I think he fits well with Maxi and, uh, and and indeed, He doesn't need the ball all that much. He can play off the ball, and he's a guy who can score for you, at, You know, get you 20, 25 points in a big game, an experienced player. So I think somebody like that would fit in well with the
3: 76ers. Any interest in either Bogdanovich?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think you almost need a more dynamic guy. Than that, I'm, I'm looking for a guy who can create a shot in the fourth quarter uh, of a of a close game. I, I think Zach Levine can do that. I think DeRozan can do that. So I, I, I really, you know, the, the Bogdanovich either one. Ah, you know, I, I mean, it would be an improvement depending on who they gave up. But if I think if they were add, able to add uh, either of the two guys I mentioned before, I think that's a real improvement.
3: Mike McGarry with the Press of Atlantic City joining us here on game night on 97.3 ESPN at AC Press McGarry over on the Twitter X platform. Mike, were you encouraged by what you saw from Embiid last night in that he scored 71 night and he still got his 30 last night? Yeah, I think Embiid is having an absolutely great season. I mean, I don't think...
5: The only question in my and for Embiid right now is whether he's going to play the 65 games that you need to play to get the MVP. If he plays 65 games, I think he's hands down the MVP. Then the next question is: Is he healthy for the postseason, which he's never really been? And if he is healthy for the postseason, can they get out of the second round of the playoffs? But you know, right now, the way he's played in the regular season, it's it's hard to argue that he hasn't had the best regular season. Of any player in the NBA, and to me, it's only a matter of whether he hits that game requirement to be the MVP. Now, does that does that mean? Do I think he's the best player in the NBA? I still think Jokic is is a better player than him, but just day in and day out by the numbers this season, Embiid is having a wonderful, wonderful season, as good a season as you know anybody I've ever seen in the NBA, and it's a, a season that should be uh, earn him his second straight MVP if. If he plays those 65 games,
3: when you think about Embiid, if he wins a second MVP, are, are we getting to the point, Mike, where like when does this guy stop getting better? Because like I never thought he'd be better than last year. Mike, he's better than last year. So like what is his ceiling at this point? It feels like there is no ceiling. Yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, his ability to to shoot the ball from the
5: perimeter at his size, and and really, it just comes down to free throws, really. His ability to make free throws for a big man. He might be the best, you know, free throw shooting big man I've ever seen. You know, imagine what Shaq would have done if Shaq could have hit 80% of his foul shots. Imagine what Bill Chamberlain would have done if Bill Chamberlain could shoot foul shots at like 90%. And B, his uh, ability as a big man to A, get to the foul line and then make his foul shots is really kind of what sets him apart. And like you said, he keeps getting better and better. I think he turns 30 this month. You know, there's speculation, or 30 this year, there's speculation about, you know, the lifespan of a big man in the NBA. You know, you usually don't play as long as guards or small forwards, but you can't argue or have a negative thing to say about what Joel Embiid has done this season. It, it, it's impossible to be negative or even nitpick or about anything he's done this season. He's had a wonderful, wonderful season, as good a season as anybody in a Philadelphia 76-year uniform has ever.
3: Had. When you think about the Sixers moving forward, what is a realistic expectation for this team if they if they acquire someone that we think they will? Whether you mentioned DeMar DeRozan, I mentioned a Bogdanovich, maybe there's somebody out there that we don't know about yet who might... I mean, who knows, Mike, next week we wake up and some random guy might demand a trade, right? You know, the NBA is crazy like that. It's an amazing soap opera. So whatever they get, if they get that extra player, can the Sixers go deep beyond the second round?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the goal, right? It's Eastern Conference final or bust for the Philadelphia 76ers. I think if they lose in the second round again, I think I think they've got some new life, right? Last year, everybody was like, hey, I don't talk to me. Talk to me in May. I'm, I'm not going to get into this team until they get out of the second round of the, of, of the playoffs. I'm not going to pay attention to what happens in February. I'm not going to pay attention to what happens in March, all because of that, right? But I think they've got some new life this season. A, because of the way Embiid's played. B, because of the way Maxi has played. And C, because they have a new coach, Nick Nurse. So it's almost like a new regime, a new start. So they have the benefit of the doubt right now. If they don't get out of the second round, it's going to be same old Sixers again. So I think they obviously have the ability to get out of that second round. I think if they reach the Eastern Conference final,
3: uh, you know, I think that's a great season for them. Talk to Mike McGarry the Press of Yeah, I want to flip it over to the Eagles for a couple of questions with you, Mike, because uh, Vic Fangio is going to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, it seems like everyone likes Vic except for the Dolphins. So I don't know if I should be too upset that the Dolphins are mad at him because apparently everyone else who's ever played for the guy likes him.
5: Yeah, and uh and I think the uh the pro Blitz crowd may not like him either. But you know, for for the last couple of years you've had like Vic Fangio disciples here running the Eagles defense. So why not get the real guy? And and they had a chance to get the real guy last year and kinda of, things kinda of got um you know, botched up there at the last second. So getting Fangio and getting him in here, if you're going to run his defense, why not get the guy who actually, you know, designed and invented the defense and the philosophy
3: to run it? But. Mike, when you think about him running it, there's also talk that uh, the Eagles have to fill, fill out the rest of the staff, which is goes to the offense. And Nick Sirianni, the the key word from Wednesday was fresh ideas. He said it at least seven times from my memory. So. Who is a good enough offensive coordinator who's bringing fresh ideas in your mind?
5: Yeah, you know, I don't know a, a specific name doesn't pop to, pop to mind right away. You know, I know uh, Cliff Kingsbury was the guy that they kind of talked about. Uh, you know, I think any guy that they bring in is going to have uh, you know pluses and minuses, but I think when Nick says fresh ideas, I think. The offense as it is designed has probably gone as far as it can go, right? I think defenses have adjusted to it. They've taken certain things away. Now it's up for the Eagles to sort of adjust back and figure out a way to adjust back. So, uh, yeah, I would think that's what they'll be looking for. A guy who can kind of help them get untracked or out of the, uh, you know, the stalemate that they were kind of in offensively.
3: See, I'm very high on Kingsbury because I think he is the most different of all the guys who have been talked about so far. You know, Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni, they work together already. So I don't know how fresh Frank would be an idea. And Kellen Moore, I guess, is different. But I don't know if he's going to, like, completely change the offense for the better. To me, Kingsbury is is the one guy who's like, he's very different than the rest.
5: Yeah, but I agree with you that Kingsbury is an interesting guy, but they hire him, and you wait to see the naysayers to say, well, he had uh, Mahomes, and he didn't win with Mahomes, and then he was in the NFL, and he didn't win there. So what has he ever done? I mean, you know, who knows if he's a a good coach? uh, Who knows what he will do here? But that's what I talk about. If you bring a guy in uh, or you bring in a Kellen Moore, people say, well, do we want Jalen Hurts under center that much? Why did Dallas get rid of him? You know, so whoever they bring in, there's going to be question marks about or questions asked about. Uh, but the important thing is they bring a guy in who can kind of shake things up and get the, the offense out of the malaise it kind of fell into or out of the predictability it sort of fell in, seemed to fall into at the end of last season.
3: Follow him on Twitter, X at AC press McGarry. All of his coverage over at com. He joins us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Mike, enjoy the weekend. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk soon. All right, Josh. We'll see you down the road. Thanks. Josh Eddie filling in for Mike Gell here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN-FM and 97.3 ESPN Mobile App Power by First Bank of Sea Isle City. Don't forget the Sports Bash is being brought to you by Bet365, whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. Back to the text portal on the other side. 609-403-0973. Plus, what did someone who knows Vic Fangio well, someone who played in Chicago. What does he think of the Eagles hiring Vic Fangio? You'll hear that next on 97.3 ESPN. Josh Hedding, filming for Mike Gill on a happy hour Friday.
6: It's Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: With Mike Gill, keeping the fans entertained and happy on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app.
7: When he was in Chicago, we got to see that with Eddie Goldman. We got to see that with Akeem Hicks. And when you've got those winners inside, it it presents a lot of opportunities for tackles for loss. But to your point, it's the bend but don't break. That's the motto. And you talked about the scheme. But for quarterbacks, they're going to be taking away what are the gimmies for you. So it's going to force you to make those big-time aggressive
3: throws and tight windows. Kyle Long, Chris Long's brother on the Green Light Podcast... He's very high on Vic Fangio. I think it's interesting that it's only the Miami Dolphins players who are a bunch of whiny crybabies over Fangio. You know, it's interesting that, you know, that's an offensive player who looked over and said, I saw what he did with our guys. I'm telling you, that guy can do some stuff. And I think it's very interesting that you know, there, there is because of what Drew Rosenau said yesterday and because of some of the, uh, childish antics of the Dolphins play on social media, there now all of a sudden is this like, Oh no, did we get the wrong guy attitude? And I don't, I think that that's, that's, that's a fabrication of a lot of people who are uneducated on social media. And, you know, bringing in a guy like Fangio is about, Doing it right. Not having just somebody who else who runs the system. Because as Kyle Long explains, Fangio is a major upgrade over Desai.
7: I think it's going to be fun to watch. And I think the interesting thing is Sean Desai is out. And he's a disciple of Fangio. Couldn't replicate the Don himself, Vic Fangio, yeah. they're going to bring him. Only in. one Don. I think that the guys in Philly will respond well to him because, as we know, like with Harbaugh, the well respected coach coming in, winning a locker room over, it's the same kind of deal yeah. in that defensive room. I've never been in a defensive room,
3: but I've spoken to guys who play for Vic and they love him. Guys love this coach. It's only Miami, it's not Chicago, it's not Denver, it's not New Orleans years ago. It's just one group of crybaby Gen Zers who want to go out and party all night. Because the, the problem with Fangio is that he does hold people accountable. He is a bit of a dictator when it comes to how he runs his operation. And so when you're getting the real deal and not a knockoff, there comes a level of cachet with that. And I think that this is a huge deal that they got Fangio because now you have an adult in the locker room. Now you have somebody in there that is going to turn to the players and say, I ask this of you. If you just give me this level of execution, we will win a lot of games. And frankly with all the crybabies of Miami, with all the betas down in Miami, with all the injuries of Miami, Vic Fangio still allowed three to four less points per game than either of the Eagles coordinators last year. The Eagles defense fell apart last year, not because of injuries, but because of coaching. And Chris Long makes a very very important point on the Greenlight podcast about the importance of having the right former head coach in a locker room.
2: I think they nailed this hire. There's a shadow. Because he's got a, a, an elder statesman in the building who can actually, it's like having a second head coach in the building. That having helps. Obi-Wan. That helps, dude. I can remember, you know, certain coaches having former head coaches come back in the building. If it's the wrong head coach, former head coach, he can f*** the whole thing
3: up. Think about that. Who was in that organization last year? Matt Patricia. Who's the former head coach on the coaching staff last year? Matt Patricia. So to pull back on what Chris Long said, did Matt Patricia mess up to, you know, clean up what he said? Did Matt Patricia mess up the whole dynamic of that organization? And that's why it fell apart. Because as he said, you got the right former head coach in there. He's the adult. He's, as Kyle Long said, he's the Obi-Wan Kenobi to be the Jedi Master for Nick Sirianni. Having that older mentor, having that other guy in the organization that is a stabilizing force. I just have to wonder, when I heard Chris Long say that, did Matt Patricia implode this whole thing did the eagles fall apart last year in part because matt patricia put his dirty hands on everything didn't clean his hands before he decided to start doing work and it made everyone sick with the dinner that he made and the eagles didn't want to throw patricia under the bus because of the fact that then they would have to admit that it was all their fault Because it was. And look, how we can point to Nick Sirianni and say it was Sirianni's idea. You know, Nick can say that this is a collaborative effort. Jeffrey Lurie can say, you know, the organization is all about collaboration. The reality is they're all at fault. Matt Patricia should have never been here in the first place. They should have never gave him play calling responsibilities. He mucked the whole thing up. He grimied the whole thing. And now, you are going to have to respond in tow with that. 609-403-0970. Real quick text before we get to the next break. Uh, Mr. 856 chimes in at 609-403-0970. says, I think Kingsbury is the best choice for Eagles OC. Look, I'm, until I hear a new name, and there certainly could be a new name at some point, I said this last night on Game Night. If you had asked me to rank all the coordinators who are options, Kingsbury's one, Kellen Moore is two. Because everyone after that, I don't know if they're bringing anything new or unique to the table. Frank Reich, Jim Bob Cooter have already worked with Nick Sirianni. They are not going to bring fresh ideas. They're going to bring variations of the same ideas. Cliff Kingsbury is a completely different offense. He worked with Kyler Murray. He worked with Pat Mahomes in college. He has shown success different types of quarterbacks. Give me that guy. I don't want the same old, same old. Chris Franklin from NJ.com next.
2: This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now live from the Matt Blatt Kia Studios Here's Mike Gill.
3: Josh Hedick filling in for Mike Gill on a happy hour Friday here on 973 ESPN FM and on 973 ESPN. Mobile app powered by First Bank of Seattle. This hour of sports bash being brought to you by Ocean Casino Resort. Go to the gallery, go to Ocean, go for the win. For more info, visit Oceanac.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. Don't forget... You can still win a four-pack of tickets to go see the Wings tomorrow night at the Wells Fargo Center. Of course, they got that one but two concerts going on tomorrow night, one pregame and one at halftime. So you get to go to basically two concerts and a Wings game, four-pack of tickets. Just text in your name, your email address, and let us know you want to go, 609-403-0973 is the text board before we get back to more of your thoughts and comments as you guys have been messaging in throughout the afternoon chris franklin nj advanced media covers the eagles get his perspective as the dust has settled a little bit at least from wednesday's press conference uh chris i hope someone's going to patent uh fresh ideas at some point i hope it's you uh,
7: you know, there is a t-shirt, the t-shirt business is doing really pretty well right now. So, you know, that's my bet. I could either throw something out there for that, but yeah, it uh, seems to be a theme there.
3: <laughs> so when, when you heard Nick say fresh ideas seven, eight, or however many times it was, do you think that he, like, is that, was him, that him being serious? Like they do, is he being serious? Cause we know that they need fresh ideas, right? But is Nick saying that him, you know, in a, a certain way of saying
7: what? I think it's a certain way of saying that is the offense, you know, being an offensive of mind. he needs to change something coming up this season. If not, he can find himself, instead of coming back next year, he'll be out of a job, potentially. He really does need that, and, and especially with what we've heard in the past from Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, what they love about having innovative offenses. I mean, we've seen it through Chip Kelly, you've seen Doug Peterson and, and guys like that. You, they need to bring in fresh ideas in a way that the season ended with the wide receiver screens and the QB draws and everything else. I think that hammered home. So, I think, especially for the offensive side, I think that's what that's hammered with him being an offensive mind. That's where he went to.
3: When you think about him being an offensive mind, cause we'll get to the defense in a minute. But when you think of him being an offensive mind, you see some of the names being circulated out there: Cliff Kingsbury, Kellen Moore, Jim Bob Cooter. You know, do do any of those guys stand out to you?
7: It all sounds like a country band. I me mean, personally, when you pull <laughs> up with that one on top of that, <laughs> it sounds like a country band. But if all of that, that thing right now, I'm looking at uh, Cliff Kingsbury would be the one for me that would be the one that would intrigue me the most. Cause, uh, and just for the fact that what he's done with quarterbacks in his past, I mean, look what he did with Kyler Murray. You say, well, Pat Mahomes back in college, and, and you look at the, what he was able to do and how he was able to get to the play at a high level. I think that's key. And, and I know when you look at the air rating, you hear about, well, you think about, okay, here comes four or five wide receivers and they're going to be throwing more screens and just throwing the ball every which way and, and wear out that defense. But he's, for me, I look at the way he can basically fix some of those fundamentals with Jalen, make that offense go. And also they run the ball. They ran the ball a lot, especially with Arizona were surprisingly effective with the run when Kingsbury was there calling the plays there. So if, you were going under that guise of you want fresh, innovative ideas and something new. A hey, that out of those three, I think Kingsbury would be the guy to go with.
3: I, mean, I personally like Kingsbury too. I all, all I got now though after you said that is I got I got a t shirt with Kingsbury Moore and Cooter's faces all on there, and under it it says fresh ideas. <laughs>
7: <laughs> and then Gertie Band Part 2 with those three. <laughs> 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 just, it, you just hear names I'm like, oh, cool. like I, I get they're looking everywhere. I mean, Caldwell, you look at all those other guys, I, I can see that. But yeah, they really do need to, to at least just to, for a sense of to pacify the fan base because everybody's looking for something to change because you have the horses on this offense to really do snaps. And even yeah. with the way they did last year, they finished, they finished in the top 10 offense. So, Get a couple get a couple tweaks here and there, maybe a couple few packages, and you can go from
3: there. I'm glad you said tweaks because I think that that's the part people don't realize. Like You look at the numbers from last season to this season, it's not like there was a massive drop-off offensively. So, I mean, if Jason Kelsey retires, Juergens moves to center, someone else is going to play right guard. Maybe you replace who the number three slot receiver is. Maybe you throw to Goddard a little bit more next year. Maybe you... Run the ball in a little bit more consistent manner last year. It's not like this team offensively. It's not like they can't be better, Chris. Right? Yeah,
7: it's a lot of tools, and I think the only reason why you're not seeing a lot more people jump for the job is because you don't know the uncertainty past this season. Because if if you were say if the Eagles were coming in there, they they had a new head coach. They were looking to hire somebody. I think there would be a bunch of people jumping for this offensive coordinator position. And that's why I think you see some of the names that you're seeing right now is, or is speak a reason because of just the uncertainty. But they have a lot of tools there to be explosive, and and we heard so many times about execution, getting guys in the right place. Well, if you get the guys in the right place, I'm pretty sure the execution is going to follow with these with these players that you have there. So yeah, this this is, this is probably the most important hire, most important move around to make all all season.
3: Talking with Chris Franklin from NJ Advanced Media Eagles, beat writer for NJ.com at C. Franklin News on the Twitter X platform. Joining me here on the sports bash, Josh Hennig filling in for Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. You're not the first person, Chris, I heard say this is the most important hire. I've heard a lot of other people say that as well. For, for you, what are then the pros and cons of this hire? Because, you know, I think a lot of Eagle fans, Everyone has look. Doesn't matter where we go. Okay, you you or I could like go any place in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area, and fans will give us their opinion on the Eagles. Okay, Eagle <laughs> fans are not scared of having an opinion. But let's try to be objective here. What are the pros and cons of this important move?
7: Well, the pros is are players that you have with the skill positions. I think you still have. You look at AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, still one of the top tandems in the NFL. You got you got a quarterback. I, feel, I still say, you know, he, he look, they, they look at his best in the last part of the season. I still think Jalen Hurts is a top ten quarterback in this league, and it's tough to find guys like that to be with. So you got – when you look at the core parts, he's got the offensive line. So core parts, you still have it there. The thing that worries me is you don't – as I mentioned earlier, you don't know if, if, say, if things go south, you're probably going to clean house, so you're probably going to be in the same situation before again looking for another job. B – I still think even though you, you may have a learning curve, if Jason Kelsey doesn't return, you may have a learning curve with Cam Jurgens and Tyler Senior right guard and, and just getting the flow with that. So that's another thing. And I see this the pressure, overall pressure. And, and some guys can thrive with that, but we all know this market's a tough with market. So if you start out 0-2, 0-3, but and you're scoring like 20 points, can this guy survive and and, and and have the metal to still believe in the system and, and make the changes that are necessary to get them to the back of the Super Bowl? So... Those will be the three things I'm worried about, and those and those are three pretty big things you got to worry about when it comes to it.
3: So then, where does Nick Sirianni saying it's not my offense, it's our offense, fall into all this? Because if we're assuming Siriani's not calling plays and he's looking for fresh ideas, but he keeps insisting on Chris that it's the whole team, the coach Jason Kelsey's offense, then what does that mean for the next coordinator?
7: That means it's his his job is tied his his future is tied on this guy he does because I I look at defensively I think they just need to be at they don't even need to be a they don't need to be one of the top defense it would be nice to see them do that but they just need to be average and the offense is it's going to have to become an offensive focused team one that just puts a lot of points on the board and gets ahead quickly because look how many times we had to see this team come from behind over the, the course of the season and we saw it had to use a lot it, it wasn't as smooth as well. they they came back quite early but it wasn't the second half of the season. So I really think you need a defense that's just is okay. If he gets an average defense, I think this team still this team actually still might be in the play playing is a stretch, but the least be in the divisional round. Probably playing, maybe playing this weekend. So, yeah, I think when he says it's our offense, he's talking about hey, I still want to be a head coach in this league in twenty twenty five and won't be a head coach in Philadelphia. So this is why it's going to be our offense, not so much uh, him calling plays or him putting extra touches on that. He has to, give, to me, he just give, give full control to whoever's the OC and just let him do his thing.
3: You mentioned about Nick not calling the plays, how he letting the guys do his own thing. You know, we have in the in the NFC and AFC Championship games tomorrow, two of the four head coaches don't call plays. John Harbaugh in Baltimore, Dan Campbell in Detroit. So there are examples of these CEO coaches being successful outside of last year's Eagles run so can Nick Sirianni you know if he gets the right people is that really the key here is it literally as I know I asked you this previously on game night on 973 but is it as simple as getting the right people for Sirianni
7: it really is and you have to have trust and faith and not and and not feel like you can jump in unless things get bad you you gotta let them do their thing because you know I think when you look at some of the decision making when you went down especially late in games where you're still in it they played a little bit more conservatively, and you saw some of those play calls transpire, especially that's still, that, that Cardinals game still comes to mind when it comes to that. And when it comes to decisions like that, it comes to the head coach. So I say, hey, you know what, we're just going to play for field goal here. We're just going to do this, this, this. That goes to the head coach. So, And then I think I would like to see Brian Johnson probably have a little bit more of his influence into the offense and you might say oh well why was he screened that was him like i just like to see sometimes like maybe let him design his own couple couple different more packages and stuff like that see what happens that way too because we've heard constantly it was nick's offense; he was calling nick's offense. so i think that's the big the biggest key he's don't don't get too in the weeds and don't get too into what this the new offensive coordinator is doing you still have to report to the head coach and just be part of the overall game plan but if Whatever he decides and whatever his
3: thing is, let him go and let him go. Chris, let's flip it over to the defense. It seems like everyone except for the people in Miami love Vic Fangio. So what what is your initial take on Vic Fangio on his way to becoming the next Eagles defensive coordinator?
7: The good is that you don't have to retrofit the whole entire defense. I mean, this team's been trying to run the scheme for the last two seasons, and I thought, what the one thing I think he's going to really make an immediate impact is I think he'll get that pass rush a lot better. You look what he did with Miami, and I think when you look at a lot of those pieces, they were pretty comparable to what the Eagles had among that defensive line. So I think it really comes down to simplifying the things in that coverage with that match, that match coverage, that match concept, which is a lot of communication. It can be really confusing. We see, we've seen blown coverages. We saw the last several weeks. You see the blown coverages that happen with it. It's a matter of simplifying it. So not only do the young players you have returning it to it, everybody, if you bring in somebody else, say it's safety position, what have you, linebacker position, they can just jump in there, not have to worry about thinking so much, let them play and do their thing. And when we've seen when those coverages are hold up, this defensive line can get time to do it when it, quarterback could hold the ball a lot more. So, manju I think, in theory, he can do that. But I'm still leery about this thing because I, I look at I still think – I know they were into a lot of injuries. I still look at that Ravens game, and they tore them apart put a 56-burger on them. So, I look at that, and I'm thinking, if, if you worry about teams starting to really – Starting to figure this out, figure out a little bit. So, but I think overall, if you can, like I said earlier, if you can get them to like the fifteenth, this team ranked fifteenth in overall total defense, and you increase the sack total to get towards near like the 55,
3: 60 range, then I
7: think those defense will be all
3: right. Here, here's my just playing devil's advocate, Chris. How much of what happened in Miami though was a byproduct of those guys not buying in? To what he was preaching, like was some of the problems in Miami because by the end of the year, half the team was injured, as we know. But then also the fact that during the season, it seems like these players were uh, they weren't too happy with the uh, the and Fangio. So, is it possible that maybe some of these guys, I won't say they quit on him, but maybe they kind of had the you know you know take a long walk on a short pier coach attitude.
7: Well, I think a lot, especially if you have defense, like former defensive coordinators, and, and you play a certain way, like especially if you play like an uh, attacking style like Miami did before, prior to Vangio, and you have a guy who's more laid back a player's type of defensive coordinator, and you have somebody coming in like, no, you know what? I want you to do this, this, this in my way, and then play passive in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sense. You're like, well, I'm not used to this. I'm, just, I'm not ready for this. I want to go back to the old way. But the thing <laughs> is, you saw the results earlier on, and it was really working. And I, I personally, is after seeing this defense the last two years. I I was more looking for like a, a more aggressive approach. Not seeing them go on like uh, wink, do was say, bliss, bliss, blitz, blitz. No, but just somebody that that put a little bit more pressure and in, in, in more of a attack focus. But yeah, it, I think it's, so. The, the, I think with this core group that you have right now, it, they're already used to this defense, and I think it's pretty much gotten it set set that way, and it shouldn't be as much of a problem as it was in Miami.
3: Uh, on the Greenlight pod, uh, Chris Long and Kyle Long were saying that, you know, the the problem with the Eagles last year is they were running a variation of what Fangio does, whereas Fangio, because he's the originator of this defense, he can actually run it at a level that can replicate what Jonathan Gannon's success he had in 2022. Do you buy into that theory?
7: I think it's, uh, there's some element to the truth of that, but also when you just look at the overall perspective, for- Facility, the overall operation of it is obviously the same. But one thing that you know, I thought that trying to side could have done a little bit better was vary the coverage looks and, and not make it too simplistic. So that defense side so quarterbacks just go, "Well, oh, I've seen this before. Okay, I'm going this way, this way, this way." And start picking it apart, and you see ten, twelve, fourteen yard receptions at that time. And death by a thousand paper cuts when it comes to that. So I think it's a little bit of that. If anything, is to me, it's kind of weird seeing the guy who tried to run it. He, I think Desai would have done better if he was on the staff and Fangio was leading it, but now we see Desai there's no way he's coming back to be as assistant coach here again. But I think that was more of a sense. like He he had a sense of it, and it was his first time being defensive coordinator and trying to get at least here in Philly and, and trying to iron that stuff out with his system. And he just needed – I don't think he, he – A, he wasn't as effective, and B, he just had enough time to do that, and he had a quick plug pull. Of him.
3: The other comments that put out there, Chris, is about Fangio – that he's not taking this job without some reassurances of what the Eagles are going to do to retool the defense this offseason because, yeah, there was a coaching problem last year. But let's be realistic. The talent wasn't elite either at certain positions. So, you know, do you expect this offseason, Howie Roseman to focus a lot on retooling the defense?
7: I really do. I think you use, if anything, I think you know, uh, to me, if I was them, I would use two of those first three draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. I, mean, the first, I think you could really start to refresh it because, you know, you got, you're getting older at certain spots like cornerback and, and edge rusher. you got some uncertainty there. So I think that's one way too. And uh, to, to show off his last minute, I don't want to say Phillips, but his, his, na- his name is Casey right now, Was safety. That's another guy at Target that was down there, played for him last year. He had a great year. He's a guy who can fly the ball from the middle of the field and get to the, and get to the sideline quickly. I felt they they lacked that because I think a lot of the guys were thinking too much and trying to see what assignment was which. But he just it just seemed like for it, it, his instincts were just like okay, see ball, run ball, go get it. And I like that part of that too. So I think there's some things, and I also think he has the full autonomy. Of it. It's almost it's almost like the situation when Andy Reid was here and they hired Jim Johnson. Say, hey, Jim Johnson, you're the head coach of defense. Just do your thing. I think it's one. Of, it could be one of those things as well too. Is hey, you know. Hey, Vic, this is your side of the ball. You do your thing. We'll get you the pieces that you need in order to succeed because uh, all that pressure is on everybody in that building. So I think they're going to do everything they can to do that and, and, and use a considerable amount of resources to refit and refit that whole side of the ball.
3: Do you think that defensively, is there any specific player that you don't think that will be back? There's a bunch of free agents this offseason, season. You know, is there anyone particular that you look at? Because Howie Roseman only talked about three players the entire press conference Wednesday. It was Jalen Hurts, N'Kobe Dean, and Zach Cunningham. I don't remember a single other player being mentioned. So are there any guys that you're looking at and being like, yeah, man, he ain't back?
7: Well, the way Jordan Davis was talking during clean out day, Fletch, Fletcher Cox was one guy that I'm looking at. Like, the way he was talking and... And saying, like, you know, I'm going to miss this guy. He's going to come back. It sounds like he, he made it sound like he was going, gone. And I was like, okay, that's – you're going to put a lot of pressure on those guys in the middle. I think, yeah, when you look at the thing, I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Cunningham comes back. So, I think – and they signed him to a deal because he was he, he poetically about him, so he got that. I'll I look at that back in. Maybe they try to find a way to move Byard. Maybe they try to find a way to, to, to restructure Bradbury and, and get a better, a better number on him, stuff like that. But – uh, it's, it's, well, I think they still have a lot of young guys on that side of the ball that they're going to rely on a lot. And a lot of people, like, I, I, I read social media like you do too, and of so like, Slade, get rid of Slay. I think Slade's still your best cornerback, so you need to bring him back. And it's, I think if anything, you'll see it'll, uh, it'll be pieces here and there, but it's, uh, I think the biggest one's going to be Fletcher Cox potentially.
3: Chris, before I let you go, who are you picking for Sunday?
7: You know, the script says, and the logo says, it's the 49ers and the Ravens. Personally, I want to see Detroit versus. I want to see Detroit versus the Ravens because at this point, I just I just want to see Detroit. That he's waited for so long. It's almost like a Buffalo situation, but I think, per, but a lot worse. I think that Detroit's seen it a long time, so I, I I would love to see that. But I really think it's going to be they're sticking with the script, and I think they're going with the San Francisco 49ers and the Ravens. It's going to be the Super Bowl, but the Ravens win.
3: I, I'm I'm just saying any. I think there's a lot of people who are saying anything but Kansas City at this point. I think there's a lot of, I think there's some fatigue going on with that situation. You know what I mean?
7: Yeah, they're new Patriots, and every year you spend this in this round, and every year you expect to see them in the Super Bowl. They're they're new Patriots. They re, they really feel like that with the But cor- Mahomes, Swift, Kelsey, all that stuff, and everybody. Yeah, I think everybody wants to see. They don't want to see the uh, whole entire. Camera sidelines. Going to Taylor Swift in the box every every after every play or every target to catch. Travis well, Roman, that's so, yeah. Chris,
3: That's the real problem. Like you know, Taylor Swift is a much bigger celebrity than Giselle was when she was with Tom Brady. And you know, you, you look at the Chiefs organization. It's like six straight years in the AFC Championship game is absolutely insane. There's almost a part of you that's like, can you guys let somebody else win for once? Like, come on. <laughs>
7: <laughs> that's that's Andy's round. I mean, it's really, really round. Really <laughs> silly. That, that's that's his. That's his, that's his they, should, they should really call the championship round right? if he's still whenever he's coaching the, the Andy Reid Invitational because every year it seems like he gets his team at least to the championship, the championship round, the championship game. So he does that, but yeah, you, you gotta give hats off to him. I mean, if it's the same the foot was on on the Eagles, if the same thing was happening to the Eagles, I'm sure everybody in Philadelphia, South Jersey, and everything, like, you know what, this never gets old. But then around the country, it's like what. Get these guys out whenever you can.
3: So it, 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 every life's of crown. It, it's tough. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then, of course, all the rumors that Andy may or may not leave after this year. I mean, it's it's absolutely wild down there in Kansas City. Chris Franklin joining us from NJ Advanced Media at C Franklin News on the Twitter X platform. Check out all of his Eagles coverage over at NJ.com. And he joined us right here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Chris, appreciate you carving out some time on your Friday afternoon.
7: No I appreciate it. Man, it's always great talking to you. Get those Tees country T shirts ready, man.
3: <laughs> I'm telling you, man it's it's fresh ideas just right across the the, <laughs> the center, and it's just as I said earlier. It's it's Kingsbury Moore, and Jim Bob Cooter's face is just right above it. That's the T shirt, man. <laughs> make oh, it, make, boy, it make it black with like neon green lettering.
7: Route problems only heard on another country station. There you go.
3: <laughs> this route tree ain't right.
7: <laughs> I threw my nine round and it went on the right, right. Oh, gosh, it's, it's perfect.
3: <laughs> I, I better let you go before we get some like, copyright infringement or something.
7: <laughs> yeah, that's
6: true. Very true.
3: Chris, think- I'll talk to you later. See you later. <laughs> Josh, I think you're filling in for my kill on the sports bash on 97.3 ESPN. We'll check back on the text board coming up next at 609 So far, we already got two winners of the four packet tickets for the Wings game tomorrow night. Andrew, Matt, you are both going to the Wings game tomorrow night. They got four packs of tickets. You can win as well by texting in 609-403-0973. Your name, your email address, and let us know what you're up to this weekend. Happy Hour Friday. What are you drinking? Watching where you're going to watch the NFC, NFAFC championship games on Sunday. What do you doing with your Saturday? Sixers, Flyers tomorrow? Let us know. 609-403-0973. Josh Heddy hanging out with you on a Friday afternoon.
0: It's For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
2: Mike
8: Gill.
6: And I am the voice of the voiceless. On
2: 97.3 ESPN. And the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app.
3: Josh, ain't for Mike Gill, and the sports bash on 97.3 ESPN. A conversation with Chris Franklin was brought to you by Broadleys Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Broadleys is your trusted source for heating and plumbing service and installation for generations. Call them at 609-390-3907 or visit them online at broadleys.net. We got more qualifiers coming in for the ticket giveaway, the four packs of tickets for tomorrow night's Wings game. Wings is a, is a cool thing to do with your family. Take your kids, wholesome environment, go enjoy the game. But they also got two concerts tomorrow night. One concert will be in the East Food Hall pregame, and the second concert will be a turf level in the party zone. The first concert will be, uh, let's see here, It's they're, they're a New Jersey band called Jersey Call, and they're a bunch of guys from South Jersey. The halftime show will be Bucks County's the starting lines of two local bands performing tomorrow night at the Wings game. So you get two concerts and you get a Wings game. You get a four pack. It's a good deal. Just text in your name and your email address. I already mentioned that we got two winners so far Andrew and Matt. Jeff from Mabsekin sends his email in to qualify. He says, I'd love to take my kids to the Wings game this weekend. I'm trying a new Cape May winter warmer. Later for Happy Hour Friday. Well, Jeff, let us know how that uh, winter warmer is. I have not had that brew, so let me know how that one is. As, um, I'm always open to new ideas. Uh, I've told you guys in the past, Mike Gill is an IPA exclusive guy. I am much more diversified in my palace. It's not a judgment against Mike. It's just we're different people. I've been well-established in our years working together here at 97.3 ESPN. Um, but yeah, Mike, um, Mike sticks to the IPAs. I like to have a little diversity in my life. You know, when I go out, I look try different things. So, uh, yeah, Jeff, let me, Jeff from can let me know how that K-May winter warmer is for your happy hour Friday. Charles chimes in and says, this weekend we're hoping to bring our first child into the world. Well, first of all, child, Charles, congratulations on having a kid. Second of all, I'm just letting you know that everyone who I know, and I'm not saying this to, you know, be some heartwarming Hallmark story or Lifetime movie, but I'm just letting you know, Charles, everyone I know who has had a child have all told me the same thing. It changes your life. It changes your perspective on the world. So just be prepared that this kid is going to change your entire world. Because the parent, because the way it's been described to me, and I've been described by a lot of people I know who have kids. The moment you see that child for the first time when they're born, it's like, it's like a BCAD situation. It's like before and after, like that's like the trajectory of your entire life. 609-403-0973, uh, a Texter chimes in. Didn't leave their name, but they said, I got some golf and twisted tees tomorrow. Sunday, uh, football, I'm watching on the 86-inch screen at home. By the way, Josh, have a good weekend. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you, anonymous texter. I wish I could give you credit for complimenting me. But uh, I got to admit, you know, twisted tea is not a go-to for me. Um, twisted tea reminds me of back in the day when it was like, I was explaining to somebody this, uh, a couple, couple weeks ago. I was talking with some people I know and I was saying, you know, I feel like the, like this whole phase of like the white claws and the Trulies and all of those drinks, it's like the new age version of like the smeared off ices back in the day. And I feel like the twisted tea is like, uh, I, like a, the, like the, the cousin of that whole, Section It's like if we were to take like adult drinks and put them in the family groupings, it's like, you know, the the older brother of like White Claw is like the Smirnoff Ice and like the cousin is like the Twisted Tea. You know, I feel like that's kind of like how I feel about them. Twisted Tea is not like a go to for me, but I mean, uh, about like a house party or something like that. Someone hands it to me. I'm not going to say no. My curious question though, texture is what are you like an original twisted tea? Are you a flavor twisted tea? There's a whole thing with that. I mean, I know people, I remember I was literally a couple of years ago out at a party and this young lady would not take anything except for the original twisted tea. She refused to drink any of the flavor varieties and she got so indignant about it. And it was like really weird to watch how angry she was about it. <laughs> uh, my recommendation with the golf game, supposed to be warm this weekend. So dress for the weather, 86 inch screen at home. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going all in. That's an investment right there. Uh, another texture chimes in, 609-403-0973 says, I'm definitely going to kick back and have a few beers while watching the Ravens and Lions win. Well, texter, you did not fulfill the mission of Happy Hour Friday. The mission, as prescribed to each week have Happy Hour Friday, is to let us know what beers you are drinking. You don't let us know the beers you're drinking it's like a tree falling in the forest. A tree falls and nobody hears it. Did it actually happen? There is a part of me that would love to see a Ravens-Lions Super Bowl. I feel like it, it would go a long way into modifying the conversations we have about coaches. Because today, so many coaches are hired to be play callers. And yet, Campbell and Harbaugh don't call plays. So that throws the whole... Hiring the next boy wonder, hiring a genius, it turns that whole thing on its head. So for me, I would personally love it. I think Dan Campbell, I told Rob Motte earlier this week when he joined me on game night here on 97.3 ESPN. Josh and Affiliate from Mike Gill on a happy hour Friday afternoon. Rob Motte and I talked about, Rob Motte from the Associated Press, we talked about how, wouldn't you love to see Dan Campbell at media day? I mean, that dude would be a riot. That dude just up there, you know, ripping and roaring through questions. I mean, that Dan Campbell, if this was like another like era, if this was like another like, you know, time and place, Dan Campbell, like, you know, back in the day, like old athletes had like off season jobs. Dan Campbell's like off season football job, he'd be working like a professional wrestling. <laughs> that dude just looks and sounds like a pro wrestler. It's absolutely wild. A couple more texts to get in here. I love hearing from you guys at 609-403-0973. Texture says, did you see the NHL Stadium Series jerseys for the Flyers and the Devils? Um, I saw the Flyers jerseys, anonymous texter, at 609-403-0973. Oh, Phil, I'm sorry, Phil. Phil, I saw the Flyers jersey. I have to admit I'm conflicted. I feel like the orange numbers is a little bit too. There's no border on it. It's just orange numbers on white jerseys. I'm not, I don't know how I feel about that. I understand they're trying to go with something like different and new, but I feel like, you know, Flyers jerseys usually have like a border around the orange number. And now it's just like orange on white, just like bam in your face. And man, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I think if I saw the jerseys in the game, I might feel a little differently because the the special uh, photograph shots of them, uh, they're not doing it for me. I'm just being honest. I might like them a little better in the actual action of the game. Phil, but I don't know if I like him in that manner. Uh, speaking of pro wrestling, I've had two different people already ask me about the Royal Rumble this Saturday, uh, this weekend. Uh, you guys want me to give, like, give a prediction? Here's what I think is going to happen. Alright, and I will preface this by saying I am not a pro wrestling diehard. I am more of a I I watch for the athleticism and the storylines. Like to me, I love going to pro wrestling shows personally because I like seeing in person how athletic these people are. The 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 feats of athleticism that these men and women do in that ring to me is absolutely wild to watch. It's it shows you, you know, what people can do, and they don't have to be like a basketball player or a football player or a hockey player or or any of, the, any of the regular sports, you know. They, they get to go out there and perform, and they're basically like actors. You know, they're acting out storylines and stuff. So, but the Royal Rumble, my my prediction is, I think the final three men in the ring for the Men's Royal Rumble is, is going to be The Rock, CM Punk, and Cody Rhodes, because I think that the, the Punk and Rhodes feud going on right now, they could use that to leverage... The potential Rock versus Reigns showdown at WrestleMania, because I can totally see like you know the you know there's three men left in the in the ring. It's The Rock, it's CM Punk, and it's Cody Rhodes. And both them and both Rhodes and Punk look at each other, and they both look at The Rock. And then the decision has to be made: do Punk and Rhodes work together to get rid of The Rock, or? Do one of those men work with The Rock to eliminate the other guy? And I think what's going to happen is is The Rock is going to make an alliance with either Punk or Rhodes. And Punk or Rhodes is going to help The Rock in his Road to WrestleMania showdown with Roman Reigns. And I think that what's going to happen is is that that alliance between The Rock and one of those two other guys is going to be the, the next storyline heading to WrestleMania because I think that you're going to get Rock, Reigns, WrestleMania in Philadelphia, and then the other guy who helps The Rock, he's going to probably fight for a belt at WrestleMania as well. But um that's my working theory right now for WrestleMania. For those who – I've got multiple texts today. I, I didn't know that I was the guy that people come to ask to about Royal, uh, the Royal Rumble or – Pro wrestling, but, you know, I'm glad to be of service. <laughs> All right. I got a bunch more texts to get here. 609-403-0973. Zach from Kate May. I'll get to you and others coming up on the other side. Josh Henning from Mike Gill. Keep your texts coming. You have a chance to win tickets to go see the Wings play tomorrow night. Four packs of tickets. 609-403-0973. Send your name and your email address. You want to comment what you're consuming and drinking. This weekend, let me know. 609-403-0973. Plus Sixers, Eagles talk, apparently pro wrestling talk. We got you covered on all the bases today on the Sports Bash. Josh Eddick hanging out with you on a Friday afternoon on 97.3 ESPN. Without the ones
6: like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: The Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app.
3: Josh A. Filip from Mike Gill. Happy Hour Friday. Get some more of your text in for we hit the top of the hours. 609-403-097. We already got some qualifiers for the Wings, four packs of tickets. Of course, you text in your name, your email address. You have a chance to win those four packs of tickets for the Wings game tomorrow night. They'll have not one but two concerts at the Wells Fargo goes at one pregame, one at halftime. Also getting your what well, you're drinking for Happy Hour Friday, your thoughts on the Eagles, Sixers apparently, Royal Rumble, and more. We're doing it all here on the Sports Bash with me, Josh Heading Filling in for Mike Gill on 973 ESPN. Zach from Kate May chimes his Happy Hour Friday. I'm enjoying Vacation from ourselves. Lime Lager from Gusto on this 65 January afternoon. Great stuff as always, Josh. That's from Zach and Kate May. Well, Zach. Cheers to you! That's a great pick from Gusto. Uh, Gusto does a great job with their with their brews. So uh, now you're making me jealous. I, I would like to have a vacation from ourselves, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Zach, enjoy yourself with that brew with uh, that Gusto with uh, the vacation from ourselves lime lager. It's a good choice there by Zach from Kate May. Um. Let's see here. Uh Dave chiming in from Mays Landing. He's the one who wants uh the Lions Ravens Super Bowl. He says, I'm kicking back, drinking some Heineken's while watching the Lions and Ravens. Well, good job by you, Dave. You did the follow up. You you gave your name. You gave what you're drinking. See, Dave's a good man. I gave him an I gave him an instruction. He came back with an answer. Thanks for participating. <laughs> Andrew in Summers Point chimes in at 609-403-0973. says, if a head coach gives play calling to the defensive and offensive coordinators, what really does Nick Sirianni do? By the way, no beer for me. 7 a.m. to midnight all weekend. Have a great weekend from Andrew in Summers Point. First of all, Andrew, take care of yourself. Stay hydrated. You got to get the extra caffeine. Hit the coffee. Do what you got to do. Totally understand no drinks for you this weekend. What does Nick Sirianni do? Well, Nick Sirianni says that it's his job to manage the culture of the team. Um, here's the thing, Andrew Summer's point. As I said earlier, John Harbaugh and Dan Campbell, nobody sits there and says, what are they doing? Right? Now, I, I don't see any people on social media or anybody on any radio stations you know, scratching their head wondering what do John Harbaugh and Dan Campbell do every day. So why do we ask that question on Nick Sirianni? We do it, Andrew's point, and I'm not criticizing you for this. I'm, I'm just putting the question out there. I think we do it because we have been indoctrinated to think that the offensive coordinator who gets hired for a job is supposed to call plays as a head coach. We were told for years by Doug Peterson, well, why would I want this job? I can't call plays, right? That was Doug Peterson's. That was Chip Kelly's thing. Maybe this is just who Nick Sirianni is. Maybe he's just a good CEO head coach. He manages the overall game plan. He manages the substitutions, the timeouts, the play clock, the game clock, situational football. How many head coaches might be good at calling plays, Mike McCarthy, but stink at managing the game clock. He's horrible at the second part. He's actually pretty good at the first. Mike McCarthy might be one of the worst game time managers of all of football, but he can call plays. So there's your answer, Andrew. Summer's point. Take care of yourself this weekend. Uh, David, I see you. You've entered for the Wings game ticket, so you are in the conversation. Uh, another text coming in at 609-403-0973 says, happy hour Friday, I will be drinking some Kate May Snag and Drop, Tonewood Masuego, for disappears again and okay, I, now this is where I'm wondering if this is a voice-to-text situation. Eight in Sand Hot Root IPA can't say I'm familiar with that one. I know the other two. Snag and Drop is good, Fuego is good. I probably would say I like the Snag and Drop better than the Fuego personally. But Eight and Sand Hot Root IPA, I'm not familiar with that one at all. Um, eight and Sand Beer Company, New England Hazy, it's got a 3.9 rating on Untappd. That. All right, That's pretty good. I think it's a good, good choices there by you. Just remember to drink responsibly. Alright, Adam Kaplan, NFL Insider, next football at four here on 973 ESPN.
2: 973 ESPN presents The Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with Adam Kaplan, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. I give my heart and soul to this franchise as so many of us do. Now live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, this is Football at Four.
3: Josh Haley, for Mike Gill on a happy hour Friday on 973 ESPN as the smoke is finally clearing from the Wednesday press conference with Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. What is next for the Eagles? We'll look at that. Also, NFL Championship Sunday previews with NFL insider Adam Kaplan. InsideTheBirds.com, the Inside the Birds podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, download wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget about the Inside the Birds YouTube channel as well. And, of course, the Patreon page for even deeper insights. Adam Kaplan is back with us now here on a Friday edition of the show. Adam, welcome in. How are you doing today?
1: Josh, I hope you're doing well. I'm okay. So, yeah. Uh, Andrew DiCicco and I did a show this morning. Uh, Andrew filled in for, for Mosher. And we had a fun show. We, we, we broke down a lot. It, it was a full-hour show. Actually, a little bit over an hour. And we covered a lot of subjects. And the big one, look, we did discuss the press conference Wednesday which is certainly interesting. Uh, no doubt everybody has their own opinions on that. But mm-hmm. what we really want to get into is what's next. I mean, it's one thing that press conference is fun. It's great to dissect. it. We, we're done with that. We've moved on. What we're doing is what's, what's ha- going to happen in the near future. That's what everybody wants to know. People want to know about Vic Fangio, how he's going to fit in. What are they going to do to help him? They need to do a lot. And they, Look, the Vic Fangio thing is interesting, you know. We, we know that they tried to hire him last year. It didn't work out. But the real story is they actually had interest in him. Before they hired Jonathan Gannon, uh, we were told this is going back, obviously, three years ago. But mm-hmm. we were told they looked into Fangio after he got fired by Denver. And he was, he was not looking to coach then, so they moved on. But the bottom line is, obviously, it worked out with Jonathan Gannon last year. He moved on. He's now the Cardinals head coach. And they got their man, who is a, who was a uh, consultant for them, during the playoffs, but he was around the club occasionally, we were told, during the season. He, he was there quite a bit. And they, they really like him. Nick is Nick developed a good relationship with him, and, and Howie Rosemans developed a really good relationship with him. Vic Fangio's from, from uh, the Scranton area. Uh, Mosher had a note that he wanted to come back home, and he's back home. You would have to wonder, Josh, will this be his last coaching job? You would, If it works out, you would think it would be.
3: So we've had coaches, Adam, who have run the Vic Fangio their version of his scheme, right? Sean Desai, Jonathan yep. Gannon, but this is the man himself. As you know, as Kyle Long was jokingly saying on the Green Lake podcast, he's the Don. He's the originator yep. of this. So, what are the realistic expectations of Vic Fangio running a defense in Philadelphia?
1: I mean, if you if you really follow the NFL closely and the Dolphins last season, it, when they were healthy, they were they were a top three defense. The end of the season, down six starters, and it was tough. I mean, they got yeah. blown out of Baltimore. Uh, in fact, I'll never forget this. So we were doing our pregame show with myself, Mosher, Greg Cosell, and Jason Avant. And we had to turn our picks, in. I said, guys, I'm changing my pick. As soon as Xavier Howard was a surprise active, remember, Jalen Ramsey was, was not back from his meniscus surgery. Like, I'm changing my pick. I'm going to go with the Eagles here because I don't see how the devils can cover anybody. And that's what happened. They, they, they're they one of their safeties, Javon Holland was hurt. He had bad knee problems the second half of the season. He missed some time. Both starting outside linebackers are the best pass rushers. They signed three veteran guys right at the end of their career. That didn't work out well. They just ran out of players, and that's why the season kind of collapsed on their defense. But So what, what are you going to get? You're going to get a defense that's about coverage and scheme. Not, they're they're going to be in a lower ten of blitzing, folks. They're not going to blitz with Vic. That's not what he does. And this, is, this has kind of been his M.O. for, for decades now. He, he adjusted his defense over the years because of the NFL rules, which said that it's much harder to cover the back end because of the rules. Like, you, after five yards, you can't the, the, the league doesn't tolerate contact. So he did a lot of disguise. And the, the, the post-snap disguise is what's all about with Fangio. So you want to know what they're gonna, you're going to expect. Josh, that's it. Post-snap disguise, some pre-snap movement. And that's really where he wins. And now you have to you have to give him players. The back seven of the Eagles w- was poor. Okay, it was not good enough. And that, that 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 now remember, Josh, they have till they have till September to get this straightened out. Everybody wants instant gratification. They want them to win free agency. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, the Eagles will get involved in free agency. They always do. But the bottom line is they have to do a better job and 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 get better players. Howie Roseman's got to get him better players, and I. One thing about Howie, which is really positive, is he he listened to his coaches. If, if they feel like they need players, well, by golly, Vic will get them.
3: Yeah. And, of course, don't forget Howie Roseman in the past, CJ gardner Johnson, Ronald Darby. They're just some of the guys that he acquired in August. So it's got several right. months ahead of us right. before we, right. as uh, you and Jeff like to say, the first 53 is not the real 53 when the season starts. So. Flipping, to the, right. uh, flipping yeah. to the other side, Adam. Offensive coordinator, that's all needs to be filled. Some interesting names. Kellen Moore, Cliff Kingsbury. What do they run and how do they potentially fit the fresh ideas that Nick Sirianni is looking for? Yeah,
1: yeah. that was interesting when he said that, Josh. Uh, okay. that That's something he's never talked about before. Uh, but, look, Kellen Moore is a guy they know. Howie Roseman knows. They interviewed him. Uh, three years ago, he was one of the head coaching candidates. Uh, they know his, They they did their homework on his offense. He, he runs a spread. Uh, the third receiver will, will, will be involved. I know that for a fact. That's the way he thinks, and that that's something Nick really failed on in getting getting past the second receiver. They got to do that. A pretty aggressive play caller. It's about it's about the pass game with him. Same with Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury, um, you know, his first couple years at tight end was not involved at all. Then he started to become more conventional in the final two years before he got fired. Uh, Keller Moore, by the way, is still under contract with the Chargers, but that because Jim Harbaugh is coming in and he may bring in Greg Roman or somebody else, they, they're allowing him to interview. Um, so he, he's got to, he's got a bunch of interviews set up. Um, what, what we reported, uh, Jeff Mosher had a good note that uh, Kingsbury, from what we understand, uh, the interview went well, and there is definitely a possibility of a second interview. Now, other teams are interested in him. We'll see where it goes. So, and look, they have they interviewed Gerard Johnson earlier this week, who's the quarterbacks coach for the Texans. They have other West Coast offensive uh, guys on their list. They're not going to get Zach Robinson. Uh, we know they had interest in him, but Zach Robinson's going to go with um, Raheem Morris, most likely to uh, Atlanta. They worked together with the Rams. That was his uh, coaching source told me that was his guy. So we expect that to happen. But they there now, if they wait, Josh, if they wait until uh, seeing what happens with the Niners this week. If the Niners lose, they they could cut, they could look into Clint Kubiak, who's more or less their pass game coordinator for the uh, for the 49ers, and he was once the, the play caller OC for the Vikings.
3: Adam must spin it forward to NFL Championship Sunday. NFL insider Adam Kaplan joining us for football and forward, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast, InsideTheBirds.com. Inside the Birds pod dropped again this morning. Adam and Andrew DiCecco breaking things down. Adam NFL Championship Sunday, it involves actually a coach not on the same level as Nick Sirianni, but similar to Sirianni. Doesn't call the plays. John Harbaugh and the yeah. Ravens. Big story this week: Mark Andrews is back.
1: Yeah, he was activated uh, today. He suffered a significant high ankle sprain with, with ligament damage over two months ago on a Thursday night game. It was definitely a prime time game. It was either Thursday or Sunday? I can't remember. Anyway. Is activated. He and Isaiah likely will be the tight ends. You know they play a lot of what we call twelve personnel, two receivers, two tight ends. So that'll really help them. Likely scored last week when he reached over to defender's back and made a great catch. Uh, and look with Kansas City, their their offensive lines beat up. Pacheco was clear to play. Uh, they will not be. They're not going to have Joe Tooney. They're outstanding guard. He's out with a pectoral strain. That that would worry me a little bit. Uh, and then look, the the big thing for this game and Josh is. Could Lamar Jackson finally make it? You know he hasn't been great in the playoffs, but could he finally get to a Super Bowl? And it is interesting, John Harbaugh. The time that he won it, he went against his brother in twenty twelve. 2012, 2012. And that's when Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, made that unbelievable run, Super Bowl MVP, playoff one of the best playoff performances in NFL history. So maybe Lamar could get that done. And uh, by the way, it's going to rain. We should mention for those who are looking to wager on it. It. it Right now, the hour-by-hour hour forecast would project rain the entire game. Look, it, 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 they've played through the rain before. You saw last week. Uh, the, by the way, the, the over-under total is 44-and-a-half now. I think that's a pretty accurate one because the Chiefs are not surprise scoring anymore, and the Ravens arguably have the, the NFL's best defense.
3: And really quick on that game as well. Let's not forget that John Harbaugh is from the Andy Reid coaching tree, so it's another Andy Reid cool. disciple versus the mentor.
1: Yeah, that that to me is really cool. I, I I like that. And John again is not a play caller. What he did is he asked he he, he asked the Eagles front office and obviously Andy Reid that they, they met about this. John knew to be come a head coach. He had to juice He changed things up. So this last year, I think he was their DBs coach, and then he became the uh, the Ravens head coach, as you know. And I mean, he, he's had quite the run here. He he might be a Hall of Famer someday. That's how good of a head coach he is.
3: On the other side of the bracket, Detroit travels to San Francisco. Adam, let's start with the Lions. They got some injury concerns.
1: Yeah. First things first. No rain in Santa Clara like we saw last week. Don't have to worry about that. Uh, yeah, look, um, Khalifa Raymond's not going to play. He was their punt returner. This will be his third straight game that he's going to miss. Their Left guard Jonah Jackson won't play due to that uh, sprained knee. And by the way, you know who's going to start for them? Keirio Awushika. He, he is going to start. He was with the Eagles as an undrafted free agent last year. Uh, he was a left tackle at the University of Buffalo who was moved to guard with the Eagles and a backup tackle. And now he's starting. Um, he filled in last week. He probably will start this week. But that's... That's a tough thing to do for guys at undrafted free agent that's new to this position. That would worry me a little bit. Raymond's are punt returner, really good player. they sort of fourth receiver. He, he, he's a guy has got good short area quickness. Um, Niners, Debo Simo's trying towards being able to play. Um, this is a different injury than the one that he had earlier this season. But if he gets clear, that'll certainly help them. This is a fun game. Boy, what a story the lines have been to make it this far. I'm, I'm uh, look, both games look good. I, I, the Lions have a legit shot. I'm I'm surprised the line is seven here. I, this is a little bit higher than I expected.
3: You mentioned about the story the Lions getting here. Talk about their turnaround real quick. Adam, before we let you go, because I mean, this is this team was a laughing stock for years, and now they're in the NFC Championship game. had
1: not won a playoff game in 30 years. Won the division. It's just quite the run here. Jared Goff has revived his career. Now, one thing I I do worry about for them in the future is. What if Ben Johnson leaves? What if he gets the commander's job? Which he should get. It's not a lock. I know they're looking at other people, but if, if he is hired, that to me is a problem. That that would worry me a little bit. And, and uh, Jared Goff has just signed through next season. They probably will re- redo his deal. What a great story he's been. And Dan Campbell is phenomenal. All the people that laughed at him about the biting kneecaps and all that stuff—he's getting the last laugh.
3: Absolutely, he is. NFL Insider Adam Kaplan at Kaplan NFL on the Twitter X platform. Inside the Birds podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Inside the Birds on YouTube, InsideTheBirds.com. And he joins us every Friday here for Football at 4. Adam, great stuff today. Thank you. Josh Hennig here on the Sports Bash. Playing for Mike Gill on 973 ESPN Football at 4. is being brought to you by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Uh, before we get back to the text at 609-403-0973 for happy hour Friday, I just want to follow up on two points Adam made there. First of all, on, you know, the whole Harbaugh and Campbell not calling plays, I thought he brought up a great point about that, about the whole thing of they both got to this point differently. Harbaugh was a special teams coach and that's why he never called plays of offense or defense but he impressed so much as being a leader of an organization and the manager and the you know the CEO of the operation whereas Campbell he was a position coach who got interim gigs but never got the head coaching job for years and then he impressed with the lions and you know, the the pairing of him and that new front office has obviously obviously paid dividends. And I think it's interesting because he said, you know, these are non traditional head coaching hires. And Adam's right, you know, you look around the league right now, look at everyone has been hired so far. Raheem Morris in Atlanta, defensive coordinator. Canales from the Bucks offensive coordinator, he's now the Panthers head coach. You go to uh, Brian Callahan with the Tennessee Titans with the offensive coordinator. They didn't call plays with Cincinnati. That was Zach Taylor's job. So we'll see how that works for him in Tennessee. And then, of course, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh does call plays, but he does give his coordinators play calling responsibilities. So, but he is well known that it's Harbaugh's offense. You know, he's going to do what he wants to do. No one else is going to tell him what to do. So, is true that you know Nick Sirianni is trying to fall into a role that has been not followed by many head coaches outside of Campbell and Harbaugh you really can't name any major head coaches in recent years who have been great executors of a team a lot of these coaches are play callers even like someone like Andy Reid Andy Reid's calling the plays you know, bien Nagy, all these guys are part of the play calling and game planning. But it's still Andy Reid's offense, like it is Jim Harbaugh's offense. So when you turn to the Eagles, if you bring in someone like Kellen Moore, who, as Adam mentioned, the Eagles that interviewed him a couple of years ago. They're familiar with him. And then Cliff Kingsbury, who... Worked with Lincoln Riley at USC. And as we know, Lincoln Riley is a guy that has been someone the Eagles have kept an eye on over the years. And because Kingsbury has college and NFL coaching experience as a head coach and a coordinator, he brings an element that Kellen Moore can't bring. So if the Eagles are trying to assemble this, like, all-star coaching staff, right, this, like, Fangio, Kingsbury, you know, it's like the whole... Um, you know, you guys know I'm a big movie guy, right? And, you know, one of the things about, you know, the movies is that, you know, you can have a cast where the supporting actors are sometimes bigger than the main actor. You know, if you look at different movies over the years, you know, you realize that go back to the original Jurassic Park. Sam Neill and his character is like a huge focus of that movie, the first Jurassic Park movie. But he had an insane cast around him. So it allowed him to go out there and just play his part of the role. Now, they didn't keep that formula for the rest of the series for a variety of reasons. But you factor in that, yeah. Sam Neill was a lead character, but they got Jeff Goldblum and they got Sam Jackson and they got, uh, you know, uh, BD Wong, you know, they got all these people on this cast and it's like, and you got Sam Neill, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe did a similar thing with the Thor movies. Chris Hemsworth was a nobody. He was a dude who was known for being Captain Kirk's dad and being an Australian surfer. But what did they do? They put Anthony Hopkins and Rene Russo surrounding him in the cast. So then it elevated his profile. So maybe that's who Sirianni is. Sirianni is not the superstar lead character actor, but he's good enough that when you put great supporting characters around him, it elevates him and the entire organization. Six nine four zero three zero nine seven three. Um, and I understand where Andrew Summers' point says, How does an owner pay a coach to take care of culture? Only it's a lot of money for culture. Well, some people will say culture is everything. Andrew Summers' point. I think that sometimes we uh, we as outsiders don't understand that a healthy work environment is so important. We think that the coach is getting paid to call plays. We have been indoctrinated. We have been brainwashed to think that. The reality is that football history is full of coaches who were not the primary play callers for a specific side of the ball who have had success. Just because Bill Belichick and Andy Reid are famous for it doesn't negate the fact that when Mike Tomlin won the Super Bowl with the Steelers, that was Dick Lebeau's defense. John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl. He didn't call offense or defense. There are examples of guys not and by the way, there are guys who call the plays who never win anything. And there are guys who don't who don't call the plays who don't win anything either. It it's not a hundred percent has to be this way or that way. You're not paying the head coach for culture, Andrew Summers Point. You're paying him. To be in charge of the entire team. You're paying him to oversee the offense, the defense, the special teams. Excuse me, the roster construction. You're paying him for way more than just culture. Sirianni leans on culture because Sirianni is a bit of a tool and You know, I think Sirianni's a nice guy and I think the players like him and he's sincere, but he's an odd dude. I mean, we forget sometimes that, you know, being weird, being different, the oddities that make us different are sometimes why we're successful. Sirianni, we can make fun of him for the flower analogies and the rock, paper, scissors, but the team was in the Super Bowl just two seasons ago. So, He he can't be totally horrible when it comes to culture. And the reality is that Chip Kelly was horrible at culture and it completely fell apart, right? You look at guys like, you know, um, oh my goodness, what was his name? Look at how Dan Snyder negatively impacted the Washington franchise. His culture was so bad that once they got rid of him, everyone rejoiced. I think that culture has to be factored in. but I don't think it's what they're paying him for. Andrews, first boy. I think they're paying him to run the team, run the offense, run the defense. And I get what you're saying. Look, Doug called the offense, but he had nothing to do with the defense. The defense was Jim Schwartz's role, and he was told to stay out. And that's why they had Dave Phipp running the special teams, because Dave Phipp ran the special teams, and Doug stayed out. And maybe if Doug was a little more in touch, With the team as a whole. He would have realized. How Carson Wentz and Press Taylor. Were negatively impacting. The rest of the locker room. Because the problem is. When you're so focused on one side of the ball. You can't see the forest for the trees. Brian Billick was so obsessed. With running his offense. In Baltimore. That he destroyed an entire window. That Baltimore Ravens team. Should have gone on to win multiple championships. But Brian Billick was so obsessed with finding a quarterback to run his offense that he imploded an entire era of football in Baltimore because of his ego. He was so focused on offense, he couldn't see the forest for the trees. So there's a negative also to asking a coach to run one side of the ball because they don't see the big picture. John Gruden was obsessed with collecting quarterbacks. He forgot that, oh, wait a minute. The Bucs defense is getting old. We should probably draft better and replace some of these guys. You look at what happened, and this is going back even further. You could argue that the reason why, now again, you could argue, all right? You could argue the reason why Mike Shanahan never won a championship after John Elway left was because Shanahan became obsessed with running his offense. That's that's running scheme. And he didn't have the wherewithal to realize my defense is getting older. I'm not drafting well enough in certain positions. My voice is fatiguing on these guys. These guys are getting tired of hearing me say the same stuff all the time. So, it's I understand that it's a risk to have a head coach that runs the whole team on the call plays. But as we're seeing, Dan Campbell, John Harbaugh, you can win and get deep into the postseason with that kind of coach. It just has to be the right coordinators. Do we, like Adam Kaplan said, he said, do we really believe the Lions will be able to do what they're doing without Ben Johnson next year? Look at what happened to John Harbaugh. They had to fire their offense coordinator midseason to even get on a Super Bowl run. Does Joe Flacco and the Ravens have that magical run if they don't fire their offense coordinator during the season? And then John Harbaugh was in the wilderness. He had a couple losing seasons along the way before they got Lamar Jackson. And they had to fire Greg Roman and bring in Todd Munkin. Right. They had to go through multiple defensive coordinators. Rex Ryan, Wink Martindale. Now it's McDonald down there. So, you know, you are playing a little roulette, but if you have the right leader at the top of the ladder, at the top of the organization and he, he delineates responsibility properly to the people under him, you still have a chance to be successful. All right, coming up the other side, we'll do a flip side over to the NBA. NBA insider Brandon Scoopy Robinson joins me next as we look at the Sixers, the NBA trade deadline, and more coming up here on 97.3 ESPN. Josh Henning fillian from Mike Gill hanging out with you in a happy hour Friday.
0: We have the perfect for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger.
2: The Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Of
3: course, Sports Bash being brought to you by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Josh Hennig hanging out with you here on a Friday afternoon. Happy Hour Friday on 97.3 ESPN. 97.3 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank of Sea Isle City. Check back on the text board also a little bit later this hour. Keep them coming in. And What are you guys doing this weekend? 609-403-0973. That is the text board and your DMs into the 973 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank. And Seattle we'll be joined by NBA Insider Brandon Scoopy Robinson in just a moment here. Uh, I did want to follow up on something we talked about a little bit earlier and you know, you, you heard mention of it in the update with Danny Ryan, and that is the, the Jokic Embiid matchup tomorrow. I think it's very fascinating that, you know, for years, the accusation about Embiid was that, oh, he doesn't want to play Jokic in Denver. Oh, he doesn't want to play Jokic at all. And what did he do last time they played? He dominated the game. And so I, I just have to wonder. If Embiid plays tomorrow and he has a big game, does the narrative go away or do people find a new thing to complain about Embiid about? I tend to think it's the latter. I tend to think that people are just going to find things to complain about when it comes to Embiid. You know, this guy is phenomenally talented. This guy is one of the more talented people in the NBA and yet people just find things to rip him about, to tear him down about. And I just think sometimes we could be a little bit more appreciative and grateful, uh, of the greatness we have in front of us that is Joel Embiid. It's kind of at least how I look at it, at least, you know, I, I think that, you know, when it, when it comes to sports, sometimes you don't appreciate someone or something until it's gone. And in this situation, Joel Embiid, he's one of the best players on the planet. And I understand he doesn't have rings. He doesn't have championships. The Sixers haven't been to the NBA Finals since Allen Iverson was running up and down the floor in a Sixers uniform over 20 years ago. But I also understand that individuals don't win championships. Teams do. And... This very well, very, may well be the best chance Beat has had to make that deep run since Jimmy Butler was here. And the difference is, is that Jimmy Butler was a, as a catalyst for that team's success. This time round, it's the head coach who's the catalyst for that success. Nick Nurse has done a phenomenal job at putting this team in a position to be successful. And so now it's on Daryl Morey, the head of basketball operations, to work with Elton Brand, the general manager, and make the moves that are going to now elevate this roster from a very good regular season team to a postseason contender. Because right now, if you think the Celtics are the best starting lineup and if you think the Bucs are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and if you believe the Miami Heat got better recently when they acquired Terry Rozier in that deal with Charlotte, then what you're also going to say is that are the Sixers on the level of those teams? I think it's a fair question. And I think that, you know, when you look at when it comes to things such as who are the best teams, who are you competing against, look, the Sixers are still third in the Eastern Conference. But the Knicks are coming. They're two games behind you. Once Siakam and Halliburton have more than a couple games together, they're going to be a dynamic duo. So... You have a situation where you have multiple teams around you that are also putting themselves in a position to be contenders, in a position to be successful. And the question is going to be, what is this team willing to do with the deadline? I know that there's going to be escalating prices, right? There is going to be an inflation if we were to use that term, of what it's going to take to get a player that's going to improve what we see on the court. And we've heard the names. DeMar DeRozan, Alec Caruso, Bogdanovich, or Bogdanovich, the one in Detroit or the one in Atlanta, right? It's not going to come cheap. It's not going to be as simple as well, here's some draft picks or here's an expiring contract. It's going to take more. And I think that for the Sixers, you didn't make the James Harden deal to just sit on your hands. You made the Harden deal so you can make the next deal. You acquired all these expiring contracts in order to be able to flip some of them into more because it's going to take more if you actually want to win a championship so for a team like the Sixers as I said oh on the show you saw late last night when that game ended that you have to and I mean have to be more than you are one man who is always more than you expect is my next guest the one and only brandon scoopy robinson nba insider at scoopy on the Twitter X platform and on instagram my friend welcome into the show how you doing
9: man i'm doing good i'm so sorry i'm late technical issues but so glad you waited so glad to talk to you as always and uh i hear you ranting
3: and raving about the Sixers. what happened well, my, my position is, I'll just rehash it like a your Reader's Digest style for you. You know, my thing is, last night, I saw a team that doesn't have enough. Embiid scores 31 points, but Maxi went cold. And it feels like if this team doesn't have Tobias Harris and Embiid and Maxi firing on all cylinders, they might not be able to win a playoff series.
9: You know, I, I think um, it's interesting because when you look at the Sixers as a team, at the beginning of the season, many people thought, okay, well, with Harden not wanting in and leaving, that they, they would be a mess. But you really look at Maxi and you look at the connectivity with Embiid. Uh, they've really been locked in during the season. And I think that in a lot of aspects, Philly has been um, spoiled with good basketball because it's not just Embiid, it's not just Maxi. Um, you have Tobias Harris, who at, at, at crucial points has been hot. Um, you, you also have uh, the Anthony Melton, who was a good fill-in, uh, a role player. You also have the, the tenacity and the toughness of a Patrick Beverly. I think all things, like their head coach, Nick Nurse, uh, and, and their good assistant coaching staff has been good. But then when you don't have Tobias in the lineup last night and then others in the lineup, you, you're, you're frustrated. And I think, you know, I think in this instance, I understand your frustration, um, but I also do think – um, that I think they exceeded expectations this season. And I know that with the trade deadline looming, you ask questions. So what are they missing? In my opinion, the thing that they are missing uh, is a slasher, is a swing, uh, someone who is just a dog and can get you those 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 points. And indeed at the center position has been that. Maxi has been a complimentary piece. One thing is missing, and uh, if I'm Philly, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get that because you have tradable
3: assets. I'm glad you brought up the tradable assets because that's been – one of the things I've been harping on for a while now, which is you didn't get all these assets in the hardened deal to just sit on them. You didn't just say, oh, well, we got a nice team now. No, you brought in these expiring contracts and draft picks for a reason. And I hate describing human beings as trade pieces, but it's the reality of the game, right? Surely. I mean,
9: you look at the, the trade that they – that they made uh, with the with the, excuse me I was going to say Cleveland pardon me uh, the Los Angeles Clippers um, and and you do bring in a Robert Robert Covington um, you you bring in a Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, and then on that on that bench uh, you have a Furkan Korkmaz uh, who has requested a trade many times and to no avail um, has 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 not been fruitful and. Uh, making that happen in both Darren Maureen Nelson Brand's office. But um, I, I think, yes, you do bring in a team uh, that does have a lot of, or you bring in players where you get a lot of assets. And if I'm Philadelphia, I'm placing a call uh, to a couple of teams. One, and, um, you know, the Chicago Bulls uh, to see what, you know, Arturis uh, uh, wants over in, in Chicago, whether that's a, a package of uh, the Covingtons as well as uh, KJ and some of those other pieces. Um, and, and the multiple picks. Um, I think that's, you know, when you have a conversation, uh, with a Washington, uh, to see, you know, what, what a Kyle Kuzma, uh, conversation would be like. You know, it's been widely reported that in order for that to work, uh, Washington would be looking at, you know, two plus two first round draft picks, future draft considerations there. So, um, but I also do think sometimes when you, uh, tinker with a lineup, uh, and, and tinker with things that are what they are at training camp. And then in season or midpoint, you, you try to go full throttle. You actually do mess up chemistry with, with certain people. And so, um, I know that, you know, Philly is, is going to always be Philly and have their frustrations with how things are. I do think that Philly does have a well oiled machine considering the circumstances, but I still at the same point think they're missing a piece. If I'm Philly, I have a look to get something that is concise, as I mentioned, A, or B, you look into the offseason and you gauge the interest of Cleveland uh, and and Donovan Mitchell's availability. Because if Donovan doesn't resign this summer, there are going to be questions in Cleveland about whether he wants to stay. And then here comes the New York conversation, albeit the Nets or the Knicks, about what his next moves are going to be.
3: Talk with NBA Insider Brandon Scoopy Robinson, the Scoopy Radio Podcast on YouTube, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast at Scoopy on Twitter X. You mentioned about not messing up the chemistry. Can you, can you get into that a little bit more? Cause I feel like people, we have a society, right? That played NBA live or NBA 2K, whatever their age group is, right? And they say, well, I made this trade on my video game or I made this trade on my fantasy football and it's fine. And it's like, well, that's not real life. Real life people are human beings who are impacted. So you're right. You don't want to uproot a good thing in Philadelphia just to make a trade. I mean, the, the most tangible example I, I can give you
9: of, of recent years is, you know, everybody thinks around this time of the year that this person and that person is going to the Los Angeles Lakers, hypothetically. Right. <laughs> right, right, So, like, you know, there's, there were reports that, you know, the, the, any iteration of a Trey Young or DeJounte Murray or a Tyus Jones uh, in, in Washington or, you know, a, a, just a, a bevy of different people, you know, can find their way to Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I said this on Twitter last night. Um, the only way that I I think DeJounte Murray, for example, goes to Los Angeles is if you're moving LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and and that's not going to happen. But then you you look at a team like that. Say you bring in a Zach Levine. You find a way to to move pieces. You have to include a third third team in order to get that involved. Okay, say hypothetically Zach Levine were to come to Los Angeles. You got to go through the reps of getting to know people, and it's not just – Picking up a basketball is knowing where people's spots are when you draw the t- double team. You know whether they sit in the corner, whether you you know you're you're, you're passing over the head and you know, you kick out for for a pull up or it's just there's a variation of just different things. You know, so I go back to Philadelphia, right? So I made mention of players that you know could be available or at the right price. Certain teams will have conversations with certain teams about various things. Say hypothetically. I have to say hypothetically because people will say, Scoop said this. Mm-hmm. I say hypothetically, the Sixers would have a conversation with a Chicago, and it would be a deal centered around a Levine or a deal centered around a DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, as professionals, still would have to learn uh, the, the idiosyncrasies and quirks of, of an Embiid where he likes the basketball. Um, you know, any iteration of. You know where Tyrese Maxey moves when he's pushing the break. Um, just all of those different factors that go into it is more than just a name coming to a team. Even in the situation like the Miami Heat some years ago, where you had LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade all in the same team, that's an open gym's uh, dream right there. If you're starting a, a, a pickup basketball game, but even with their skill sets and their ability to, to to play the way that they did, if you remember in year one, um, as far as them, you know, getting together and, and making magic happen. They made it to the finals and lost to a a Dallas Mavericks who had what? A chemistry. Everybody thought that that came by surprise just because everybody was looking at names. But if you look at that Dallas Mavericks team uh, and who they had, the Sean Marriott's, the Jason Kidd's, the the Dirk Nowitzki's, uh, and and more, Brendan Haywood, they had a level of consistency and and cohesiveness. And a midseason trade doesn't always work.
3: No, it doesn't. By the way, the Lakers should just acquire Alice Caruso and get it over with. I mean... But, but what? But what does that solve? I mean, it doesn't solve everything, but at least you get somebody who knows the team and knows the environment, right?
9: Yeah, but then, but then here's here's my rebuttal to that. Okay, fine. You trade to get Alex Caruso. Who do you give up? You, you, everybody's talking about how D'Angelo Russell should should go be in, in any trade. Have you watched him play basketball the last week? He's
3: playing his ass off. I, listen, I'm I'm not trying to get rid of Russell, but I also know that you know how people are out there. The fans will say about Russell, yeah, but he, he didn't play well in the postseason last year. You know, they're, they're trying to paint him into he's like a Peyton Manning in football. He plays good in the regular season, not the postseason.
9: Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I value what you're saying, but that's not how basketball works. Basketball is 82-game 82, 82 regular season and then playoffs. So, like, you look at the regular season, you're going to lose some games. Like, I think it's easy to point out flaws when you don't know what the defense is giving you the night before. Um, suppose there's a back-to-back. Suppose, hypothetically, the, the Lakers were playing in Philadelphia tonight, and then they had to fly to Minnesota to play a game tomorrow. There's a, I, I remember um, last month. Um, The the Timberwolves were in Philadelphia playing the Sixers. And then they left. The the guys in in Minnesota were telling me, yeah, we're catching a flight to go home back to Minnesota. And then they left Philly that night. After playing a game, going to Minnesota, and they played the Lakers the very next night. That's arriving home at one, two o'clock in the morning. That's the routine of you know being in the air. What does that do to your to your to your legs and your arms? And then you get up the next day to go through a routine. Like there's so many other factors that go beyond just wins and losses. But that's what people care about um, at the end of the day because that's what sports is. It's about wins and losses. But there are some other varying factors there as well.
3: Before I let you go, I did want to give you the opportunity to touch on. Obviously, today is the anniversary when we all got the horrible news that Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi passed away. It was all the way back in 2020. Uh, four years later, uh, what are your thoughts on Kobe Bryant? Um,
9: Kobe was always good to me um, as as a, as a journalist. Um, I um, you know was around the Lakers organization as a child, uh, having started young, but. Also, this is a local show here, so, you know, my ties to the mainline, having gone to Eastern University, Lower Merion as is, is, is a hop, skip, and a jump, and, you know, really learned about just what Kobe meant to that area and how his influence carried on in the mainline um, over the years, you know, has developed relationships with, with his dad, um, spent some time with him in Dallas, Texas during a basketball exposure program. Um, I also will tell you that, um, you know, you need to be watching out for his, his nephew, a jet, uh, Washington who's, who's a two sport athlete in uh, Nevada, uh, and is, and is making, making strides in that regard. But as far as Kobe goes specifically, um, I, I think he's the closest that you'll see to Jordan, the way that he chooses gum, the way that he posts up, the way that he talks. Um, but he found his own niche, his own style. Um, and you know, it was a, a pleasure to get to know him. It was a pleasure to cover him and, um, I know that in the era of of just comparisons, we often talk about Michael and LeBron, and I don't think that's fair. And Kobe's not here to defend himself, but he should be in that discussion uh, more than he is. And uh, just as a human being, I respected his tenacity and um, just who he was and his work ethic. I don't think there's many that that can compare to that. So um, I'm sad that he's gone. I remember the day before LeBron broke his record, I was in the Lakers locker room and the thing that I always hang on to is I heard LeBron say, "Yo, we're not going home tonight. We're flying tomorrow." And if the Lakers had left Philly that night to go back to Los Angeles after a long road trip, I'm, I'm not sure that LeBron and Kobe would have had that last conversation that they were able to have.
3: Wow, absolutely wild! NBA insider is Scoopy Robinson, Scoopy, ready to check it out on YouTube, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. At Scoopy on the Twitter X platform, also Scoopy on Instagram. And for those of you who are not watching on the YouTube side of our video conversation, I see what you got behind you. Carmelo Anthony in one corner. Don Bosco behind you. Sixers. Celtics. You got a nice little race setup back there, my friend.
9: Yeah, man. Over the years, just collecting a lot of stuff. Don Bosco Prep is where I went to high school. That Mellow jersey, he he personally signed that for me. If you look at the, to my right, um, it's a Kyrie Irving jersey. He signed that for me as well. Just... Relationships with people that I have built over the years, being able to showcase that in, in your home setup. So I'm glad to share that with you and your viewers.
3: I love that. I, I like I like seeing what people have behind them in their setups. It's a, it's a fun little thing for me. So I'm, I'm a little yeah. bit
9: of a geek like that. So and it's it's all about the collection. There's a there's a Space Jam locker when I was reporting all that stuff about. LeBron and Space Jam actually on on your family of networks programming yep. stuff like that. They sent me a a, a a box with a bunch of stuff in there. They sent me a LeBron Space Jam jersey. There's a lot of other stuff in this in this big uh room, but uh, I'm glad again to share that with you and and open up the world to just things that I that I find interesting. A bunch of books that uh you know people have given me over there. As you can see, that Kobe and and Allen Iverson uh, photo right there from yep. the finals. Some years ago when the Sixers and the Lakers uh, played and the Lakers ultimately won. So, cool to share that moment with you as always.
3: Absolutely. My friend, I appreciate you jumping on. Brandon, NBA. Brandon Scoopy Robinson, NBA insider, joining me here on 97.3 ESPN. Take care, my friend.
9: Thank you for the opportunity to be myself.
3: I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Josh Eddie Philly for Mike Gill here on 97.3 ESPN. We'll wrap up the 4 o'clock hour coming up on the other side. It's.
2: With Mike Gill. Keeping the fans entertained and happy. On 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. All
3: right, we wrap up the hour. Coming up the other side, we'll talk about more about the NFL. Andy McNamara will join me to talk about NFL Championship Sunday. Plus, we'll get back to your text at 609-403-097. Like Chris from Galloway, he joined this. I'm going to have a Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. That's not a mouthful. Goose Island—that's the—that's the company. For those who don't know, the brewing company—and a Bourbon County Stout. Go a little heavy there, since he's rooting for a 49ers-Chiefs Super Bowl because he also thinks the Chiefs will take the Steelers' defensive playbook against the Ravens. Yeah, but then you're not factoring in the Ravens' defense, Christian Galloway. The Ravens' defense might come to play too this Sunday. More NFL talk coming up the other side. Josh Heddy hanging out with you on 97.3 ESPN.
2: Jersey. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now live from the Matt Blatt Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill.
3: Josh Heddy you for Mike Gill on a happy hour Friday, the final hour of the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN FM, the 973 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank of Seattle. We got more texts to get to this hour. Keep them coming in. What are you guys consuming this weekend? What are you watching? What are you looking forward to? 609-403-0973. Josh from Kate May earlier says, I will be enjoying some flowers or still standing from Gusto Brewing soon. So hat tip to Josh and Kate May for that check-in he had a little bit earlier here on the show for happy hour friday nfl championship sunday is this week and of course you know i love talking football with my guy nfl podcasting host andy mcdemare the sick podcast like subscribe wherever you get your podcast. andy my friend welcome back in how are you doing on this fine friday we're doing good, Josh.
8: Doing good, brother. We, uh, we're almost at the finish line of this NFL season. I, I can't – I really can't believe it. Like, it actually – now
3: you just ruined the whole
8: thing. I know. I know. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, man, there was – it just went by <laughs> so fast. But we got two, what I hope are super competitive games. Because really, if we look at these playoffs so far, what can we say we're actually, close competitive – like, two, three games Ram, total?
3: Rams, Lions. Yeah. Bills, Chief, Chiefs, Chiefs. Bills. Niners, Packers. Niners, Packers. Right.
8: Yeah. Three. Yeah. But there have been some – like when I'm looking at the, these ones, I don't think the Lions are getting blown out. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be really – I think you have interesting storylines no matter which combo ends up in the Super Bowl. So that's, that's good.
3: Well, let's dig into some of these matchups here because you mentioned the Lions – I think they're going to cover this number, whether it's seven or seven and a half. I don't understand why the number is so big. I don't think the Lions – I understand the Lions are missing an offensive lineman, but I don't think it's big enough to offset the fact that the Lions are a good football team. And if nothing else, the 49ers showed you last week they're vulnerable.
8: Yes, absolutely. Like you were too – Cross the body, ill advised throws from Jordan Love away from going home. Right? <laughs> right. Like, that's, hey, but you know what? To their credit, and same with the Chiefs. Uh, Bills missed the field goal and you avoided the tie and you went. Doesn't matter how you win, you just win, but it showed they weren't dominant. A lot of people were expecting the 49ers to be dominant over the Packers and their mediocre defense overall. It didn't work out that way. What's the key factor we've talked about all season, Josh? It's Debo Samuel. Now, it's not a fracture in the shoulder. He is going to play, but at what level can he play? And will he stay in the game? Because we saw he goes down in the game. Even
3: with Christian McCaffrey, that whole offense gets discombobulated a little bit. I think that's why, for example, you know, if someone was wanting to place a wager on this game, I think that if you want to go anytime touchdown in this game, Andy, Mm -hmm. I think it's Brandon Ayuk. I think Ayuk is going to get some looks here
8: yeah i i totally agree i think this is a case where they're gonna maybe not have a choice but to lean on him to a certain degree right and out of the big three out of uh McCaffrey yeah Debo we're not we're not touching because of the injury and um McCaffrey and Kittle i think I you probably has the best payout for it and uh really he's kind of and sometimes rightfully so but a lot of the time, he is under the radar. He doesn't blow you out of the water all the time, but this guy can pop. So I, I'm with you there. I like that, that. Anytime TV.
3: How do you feel about that game? The NFC side, which, by the way, can I just say real quick? And this is a this is a turtle football geek thing. I'm going to say so for yeah. the for the average fan listening on 97.3 ESPN, they're they're not going to understand you and I having this moment we're going to have. I love the fact that the West Coast game is the later game. Like I hate right. this whole wh- why why am I playing a game because I want it at three o'clock, but it's on the West Coast. Like no 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 no. Yeah. Let let the West Coast have the later time. Let the East Coast have the earlier time. It's a very simple system. Yes, I, from a viewer's day, absolutely,
8: absolutely. And we're and we're East Coasters, so next to those West Coasters, too bad. It's all about us. We're we're, we're the we're the better markets. Come on, but I'm just glad too. <laughs> Looks like, um, I'm looking at, say, it looks like 69, partly sunny. I don't know about the wind, but it, uh, at least don't it doesn't look like it's going to be some. No, that's the main thing. Uh, the winds can get crazy there, though. I hope there's not a lot of wind. Just, I, That's why I know there's football. Like, Let me get your thoughts on this, Josh. I know there's the, the elements, the down the, the mud, the snow. But then if you have the two best teams, you don't get the best results. I would be fine with everything into a, in a dome and seeing... The two teams at their best. I know the elements can be part of it, whatever, but especially this time of year, when it comes
3: down to it, man, I want to see these two best. I don't want to decide it because someone slips. See, I like the whole. You earned your home field advantage. Play at home in the conference championship. I like that. You know, it's like, you know, the the Bengals beat Dan Fouts and the Chargers years ago because it was in Cincinnati and they were basically mm. frozen like a popsicle. You know, it was like, you know, it was like, well, you don't know, have the Chargers You want to play at Cincinnati. Maybe they should have won more games the regular season. You know,
8: that's fair. Mike McDaniel this year, right? Looks right. Like he was just,
3: uh. By the way, you, you you uh you have any feelings about everyone hates Vic Fangio in Miami, but everybody else loves him everywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> Man,
8: like Vic Fangio is one of those guys. He'll be recycled till he's dead. That's it. He'll keep going forever. That like Josh doesn't surprise me. These guys, they just keep going. They just keep going. He's a confident defensive
3: mind. You're making he's me big cough is- up a lug over here with that guy. <laughs>
8: He's been good for a long time, but he's also been proven. Maybe the game has passed him by. They're just these recycled guys. Like, again, in our next lives, we should be so lucky to be friends of a NFL coach and just get recycled jobs forever. <laughs> My God. I, I saw Vic Bando, I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> like, but I will say that he
3: has been successful as a defensive yes. coordinator. Yes, and even last sure. year in Miami, guess what? They were injured horribly at the end of the season. And they still allowed less points than the Eagles did. Oh my gosh!
8: Yeah, <laughs>
3: it's stats. Oh, Look it up. It's it's true. Oh, yeah. uh,
8: what do you make of uh, the increasing likelihood of Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, and Pete Carroll not coaching next year?
3: Dude, like I don't even know what to think of that. Like, first of all, right? like I, I understand Pete Carroll because you know maybe Pete's like you know yeah. I I'll, I'll just take a year off. I'm not pursuing any of these jobs. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that Belichick is that close to Shula's record and like nobody mm-hmm. wants to hire him. Like, I mean, only interviewed with Atlanta. That's
8: what's what. Now my thinking was though, is Belichick getting
3: interviewed or was he interviewing the Falcons? Was he being picky to a degree? No, no, I, I think the Falcons were interviewing him because they interviewed 14 people for that job. Yeah, they did. So, <laughs> uh, uh so here. I gave this theory yesterday. It got shot down. I'll give it to you in the audience here okay. at Happy Hour Friday. I'm Josh filling it for Mike Gill alongside Andy McNamara here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN FM, the 97.3 ESPN mobile app powered by First Bank. See, how the way, and EHT loved it, Andy, when you said about the better markets. He says, preach, better markets adjust the times. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You get it. Um, but ba- back to my point, my position of Belichick is, are some of these teams looking at him and saying, you might be a great coach, but you're horrible at hiring the right coordinators? because think about it, he's only had success with two coordinators on offense. Charlie Weiss and Josh McDaniel. So
8: on offense, yeah,
3: you know, and then because it doesn't matter on the defense. He's basically calling, it's his defense. He's calling the defense. He's got right, a million right. D guys, Romeo Cronell, Gerard Mayo, Matt Patricia, everyone in their cousin has been in and out of that defensive side, right? Brian Flores, you know, but sure. like, you know, but offense, is there a part of these teams that say, I don't know if I want to give you a young quarterback.
8: Well, you look at the most recent example and look, I dumped all over that Mac Jones draft pick. At the time, I, I like, Josh, we've talked about it. I can find you a Mac Jones every year in the third round. Every year. Mm-hmm. Every year a Mac Jones. Not a problem. And they spent a first round Yeah, there. his
3: name is Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh.
8: Exactly. Oh, nice Pittsburgh dig, brother. I love it. That's right.
3: Yeah, you can, fi- you can find those guys all the time. All the time.
8: So, but Belichick had to sign off on it. I wonder in interviewing in Atlanta and maybe getting the word out to other people, does he want or expect full control like he had with the Patriots? His draft record is terrible. His free agent is, uh, list is terrible, especially on offense. And like you said, young quarterback, well, his first shot at one didn't go too well.
3: So that I think that's a very real thing. Here's another question for you. Does Belichick go in the TV? Hmm.
8: I, you know what? When the very odd time, I think it was like NFL 100. Yes, remember the NFL
3: 100. Yes. You remember, correctly. super insightful.
8: Like you're like, man. And from guys, when he was first in Cleveland, as a head coach reporters, I talked to like Tony Grossi on a uh, sister ESPN station in Cleveland. Um, he said, if, if the rare time, if you can get Belichick just talking, they said, ask Belichick about like tight ends. Like he is super insightful and very engaging in the right environment. Um, I would be really interested to see on, on TV. And what type of role? Is he one of four panelists guys to chime in? I don't think he'd be a color guy. Like, it, I think in the right atmosphere, he could be really fascinating. But you said it. that guy's 15 wins away from the all-time record. If I'm Bill Belichick, I'm thinking, look, you have two
3: decent seasons. You got the record. Like, but are 72. But guess what? You go on the TV. You rehabilitate your image, Right. You, right, you, you right. use that television platform, you know, whatever network you want to go to, ESPN, CBS, Fox, and, you know, Fox's, Fox's set's getting too crowded anyway. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know what you're going to do with that. But, like, wherever he goes, you know, it's, it's like, you know, give him TV for a year. Let yeah. him, you know, be seen in a different light. And then maybe then he goes back. Because you know what? You know who's on an expiring contract? Mike McCarthy, right? Yeah. Dallas. You know, mm-hmm. what if Nick Sirianni falls on his face this year in Philadelphia, right? What was Sean McDermott in Buffalo? Sean McDermott in Buffalo? I mean, Robert Sala with the Jets, wouldn't that be hilarious? Cool. You know, what, what, you if, think, what would that be possible? No way. You know, you what? Think? I don't, I don't think it'll happen, but I'm just throwing out ideas. That'd be now. wild. But Brian, I mean, how about the Giants? Wasn't mm-hmm. remember the rumor years ago you go back to the Giants? Well, what if Dayball doesn't work yeah. out next year? You know, What if he's a flash in the pan? You know, well, do they? Yeah. You know, the, the, Mar- day for the, the Mara family still is friendly with Belichick. They could always call him and be like, come save us. You know? And
8: wouldn't that be kind of a full circle with him and the Parcells, right? And the defense and the Super Bowls. That'd be interesting. Yeah, maybe it's just this hiring cycle. Because I believe, what are the only two jobs left? Washington and Seattle, right? Correct. Doesn't and seem Seattle like ain't taking
3: him. In. Seattle, only on one of the old man.
8: No, and I don't think, yeah, they're, they had like a young, vibrant old man and he's gone. They don't want an old, (laughs) old man. But like Washington, I thought on paper at this, at the beginning in during the year might have been an option because it's a foundation team, but it just doesn't seem like ownership. They want, I think they want fresh, fresh face guy. Like all the coaches being hired outside of Harbaugh, um, are young guys, you know, so I, if it's not Washington, then it's nobody, and so then he might have to go TV. I, I agree though. He goes on TV, maybe he can be a little more jovial, a little more personal. He's got a dry sense of humor, you know. Make him more likable. It's kind yes. of like trying to like dress up the Grinch a little. You know, it's like okay, let's let's make you make it look like you're a person and not angry all the time. Right. And you know what I would love though? I'd love for him to like interview a coach or something, and someone just Belichick him, like just dump him. Wouldn't that be great? Just
3: stick it back for the media. You know what? Yeah. I mean, you don't know even be good. Like, if he had like, if they had like a version of the Manning cast with him and like Saban, Ooh. him and Saban ah. on like a oh. prime time game. Like, Damn. I would watch oh, that dude. over like like Sunday Night football. NBC, the 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 um like the alternate telecast on Peacock yeah, yeah. would be like. Belichick Sabin sitting in a room and just watching and commentating the game.
8: I feel though with those two, like Manning the Mannings are very personal. Like I feel you need like either someone with a stick to prod them or like a an intro like a, a conductor, a little host on the side to keep it going. Otherwise they just sit there grunting at each other.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, did you did you ever see <sighs> the, the Belichick Sabin doc where they were together? Uh was it? The Cleveland one? No. No, no. They they did. There was a uh, a couple years ago. Um, oh, I don't I, think so. No. I gotta look up the name. Saban and um, they did this sit down like just them together, just talking football.
4: Oh And wow. it was
3: like it was incredible. Um, here I, it is. I don't the, think have ever seen that. HBO, the art of coaching. You
8: know what? I'm gonna make a note of that. It's I'm on Amazon
3: make... Prime apparently right now. So
8: the art of coaching yeah it might be okay. on it, okay, might, no, no.
3: it might be on max i'm not sure but um yeah it basically hmm. it's them sitting down and talking like football history and like their careers and like it's like an hour of just like you can't stop watching you're like oh my god these guys are actually talking yeah yeah and and they're they're
8: savants right they, and, and especially right? The, the, the history he, that's why If anyone says that this record isn't important to him, they're incorrect. It's everything. It is. He loved Paul Brown. Paul Brown was his hero, okay? He wants that record. He wants to be, like, you can say he's the best already, but he doesn't have that record. He loves those bedrock, Like right? Like, that would give him at least a little bump up. He is very aware of history, and I think he desperately wants his place in it. Uh, But if it's not this year, and Josh, too, like, alright, you're 71, 72, that's a year off, you're 73, So you know, you can have five, we have,
3: your presidential candidates who are, uh, you know, older than that doing stuff. This oh my topic. goodness, I mean, it, it's going to be the, uh it's going to be the beyond the old people's home, this election <laughs> cycle, I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. So, so like for Belichick, but my point is,
8: you're kind of running out of time to a degree, right? Like, you're not, you don't have got 20 years to get this thing, so... Very, I wonder. Very, very interesting how that would
3: play out. Talk with Andy McNamara from the Sick Podcast at AndyMC81 on the Twitter X platform. Josh Henning hanging out with you, filling for Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Speaking of all time coaches, you know, Andy Reid ain't that far behind right now hmm. in the all time I believe that 296 is the number that he is at. And listen, if Andy gets back to a Super Bowl this year and wins another ring. He might be in that conversation to say, you know, maybe should he be ahead of Belichick in the all-time conversation?
8: Boy, because that would give him three, right, titles?
3: Uh, let me I tell think so, check. right? It's either three or four. I believe he would have,
8: he, This would be three at the Chiefs. Yeah. Right. This would be his third. Okay. So we would have that. I'd still, you know what? I think to match Belichick, you, you, you got to hit the, the, the Super Bowl championship stuff. I think you gotta. You either gotta get the all time wins, or get the Super Bowl championships.
3: That's otherwise, because it's just such a crazy feat to win that many. So here, so here is the deal. Andy has two hundred and ninety six regular and postseason combined wins because he has okay. twenty four postseason wins, two hundred fifty eight regular season. He's got two Super Bowl hmm. rings, six straight AFC championship appearances.
8: Yeah, yeah, and then his his eagle resume as well, right?
3: Well, that that's five NFC championships yeah. in Philadelphia.
8: Yeah, you yeah. got yeah. So you pop that on the conference championship. I I think he he's definitely um got to be in the conversation for in that top three, you know. But he's sixty five. How much longer does he want to keep going? If
3: you go, you know, if he did it another decade, I don't know. I don't know if he has it in him, but if well, he does another five. That's the crazy part. There's a rumor right now that he wants he might retire after this year. <sighs> yeah, he, and that just depends on.
8: And this is the part we don't know. What is legacy to some people? For Belichick, it's everything. Randy Reid, he kind of seems like the guy. Like, boy, that's a that was a heck of a run. Cool. <laughs> <No matter who laughs> goes eat margaritas and Tommy Bahama shirt. Thanks. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. care. He's got all the money. It's okay. So you're not considered the greatest of all time. oh well, you're still pretty darn successful. But that that depends what, what is important. And that's what goes to the Belichicks. I, I'm more I'm a bit more surprised, maybe because Vrabel isn't in that old man category, that Vrabel isn't somewhere. And maybe he and maybe a Washington, maybe a Seattle he talks, I don't know. But it just seems, Josh again, the trend of like offensive minded Younger guys. That's that's what but, teams want.
3: But two of the coaches on NFL Championship Sunday are not game callers. Harbaugh and mm. Campbell are organizational managers. They have the coordinators calling the plays. So it's like yeah. there's a literal in the team. Nick Sirianni was the Super Bowl last year. That's three yeah. guys right there. They don't call plays. People ask the question here in Philadelphia, what does Sirianni even do? And then Sirianni gives the, the buffoonery, recon- I'm, I'm I'm in charge of culture, you know, because Sirianni is such a, such a dork, you know. But like, it's <laughs> what like, is it like, that you do here? <laughs> right, but like the point is, is that guess what? Those coaches are successful. So mm-hmm. why not hire a Vrabel? Like that, if you
8: want a team, to, to, if you need that toughness, you know. That no-nonsense culture to put in. I, I think he's a great – I think he'd be a great fit in so many different places. As long as he gets the right offensive mind to go along with him, that's always the challenge, right? You bring in someone like that. Okay, who's the star to make your offense pop if it's not you? Right.
3: You know, And in that that's yeah. what's going on in Philadelphia right now. That's what uh, John Harbaugh went through for years. I mean, Harbaugh's been through – more offensive coordinators than anybody, you know, until they got Greg yeah. Roman and not Todd Munkin. You know, they fired the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator the year he won the Super Bowl mid season. Yeah. They yeah right was Cam Cameron. They fired him and then Jim Cam Caldwell Cameron took him over. Man.
8: Caldwell geez.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, you're right. It, it, there's so many different ways it's
8: and for it also depends, I think, on the state of the team. Seattle's they're Darren, like Geno Smith had the flash, and he's come back down to, I think, what he probably is. Does anyone really think Seattle right now is a threat? No, but they're in a decent shape. Washington's weird because they got rid of their two best defensive players. Sam Howell, nice story. Is he your franchise guy? I don't think so full, you know, long-term. Nice season. Um, so it really depends. Yeah, who is it? it? It might end up just being, like, okay, first-time
3: coordinator guy, and
8: those are always a roll of the dice because there's nothing
3: to hang your hat on. All right, before I let you go, what's your take on Chiefs-Ravens on Sunday? Oh, this is with the Chiefs winning in Buffalo.
8: Again, I don't care if it was a missed field goal, whatever, they won. But they got it done. That stigma in question, not stigma, question of can they win on the road? They've had it easy, and I was pounding the table on that too. He's never had any adversity in the playoffs when it comes to location. Well, you went into Buffalo and you got it done, Okay. I think more pressure's on the Baltimore Ravens here. This is Lamar Jackson's first to everybody, the number one seed. Chiefs have been there. They've done it. Now, Harbaugh's gone to the dancing one before, but Lamar Jackson hasn't. Mahomes knows how to do it. Reed knows how to do it. I think the Chiefs pull this one out. And I think, Josh, the key in this game on offense is not going to be a Travis Kelsey or a Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to be rainy, apparently. I think Isaiah Pacheco is the difference maker here. Another, I think Isaiah Pacheco.
3: Another any t- touchdown for Pacheco here? I, I, I would take an anytime touchdown. And I like this one
8: to rush over 90 yards plus 290. That's interesting. That's an interesting number. So he's rushed f- uh, over 90 yards in four games this year and two others. He had 89. All right. Uh, so All right. If, if you put games through and again, so here's the thing. And I heard people, well, Ravens defense is real good. Well, so is the Chiefs. But Ravens defense is real good. They'll shut Pacheco down. Okay, you want to sell for the run? Cool. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will destroy you. So you can't sell up for the run. And that's where I think that balance really comes in. So to me, I am I think Pacheco is that wild card factor that when we look back at this game and the, if the Chiefs win, we're like, you know what? He had a couple key
3: moments. Pacheco, anytime touchdown and under 44 and a half. I like those two.
8: Under 44. Yeah, under 44.
3: And I'm gonna do, I'm doing that rushing over 90
8: yards at plus 290. I'm doing that. I want a bit of that. Maybe that's, you know, maybe we do a little little triple
3: there. Anytime, time, double Pacheco and an under 44 and a half. You know? Andy McNamara, plug your show, my friend. Well, we got a great one
8: up right now. And if you are a wrestling fan, I'm wearing my all-elite wrestling shirt. I have Daddy Magic, Matt Menard. Who is a huge Chiefs fan. And we had Daddy Magic's Magic Picks of the Week. So the show is up now on YouTube. The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. On Twitter, X at SickPodBrowns. At AndyMC81. And Instagram at AndyMCSports. So we have a lot of fun on the wrestling side. So i talked a bit of wrestling. But we go through do prop plays, bets, winners, losers. All that type of thing with, uh, with Matt Menard. Josh, this guy, for the listeners who don't know. He is a walking gimmick. He is like what you'd picture a pro wrestler talk about. He's phenomenal. I love the guy. Lots of fun.
3: Uh, speaking of wrestling, uh, do you have a you have a pick for uh, Royal Rumble?
8: Boy,
3: you know what? I, I don't want to be lazy. With I just think they'll give it to CM
8: Punk, right? Like I, I don't want like I'm sick of CM Punk. I don't like CM Punk. I think he did AW dirty. I'm tired of him. He's annoying and whiny. But. It seems like that's the storyline. You want him versus Seth Rollins, right? I think that's the kind of the deal.
3: So here's my theory because I, I, I didn't know this was going to be a topic today, but I had multiple people texting in our text board today at 609-403-0973 throughout the afternoon asking me, Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble, who are you picking? Oh. And I was like, I didn't even know it was a, like a – but here we are. We're talking. Wow. So, so here's my theory. I think the final three at Royal Rumble, it's going to be the Rock – CM Punk, and Cody Rhodes. I think it's going to be a three-man Ooh. stare down because you know they're building that Rhodes-Punk you know war right now, right? Right. So I think one of them is going to partner with The Rock to get rid of the other. And then it's going okay. to be Rock versus the guy left over for Royal Rumble. And then they're going to use that, that quote-unquote new alliance, right, hmm. between whoever The Rock partners with for the, the two man showdown to be his like supporting cast for when he goes you know mano, y mano with Roman Reigns at right. building up the WrestleMania. Because it's gonna be it's gonna be um you, you mentioned punk versus Rollins, that'll be WrestleMania. And then yeah. it'll be Rock versus uh uh Roman Roman yeah. for WrestleMania and then it'll be like you know Cody versus somebody else. Like they're they're gonna have some like crazy thing with him that he's gonna be like you know, like for example, if it's CM Punk and Rock versus Roman in like the tribe. You know what I mean? Right, right,
8: right.
3: Like I could totally see that going down. And Then it's like you know, you know, Rollins is like, well, I hate Punk, so I'm gonna help Reigns, and like they'll have this like massive build up. You know what I mean? Tie it
8: together. I wonder too. Like Cody Rhodes came back to you know, it's to finish his story, win the title his dad never got a chance at. And we know how WWE goes over the years, Josh. Sometimes you come back and they promise you stuff, and they put, and then you fall away. I, I this WrestleMania season will be interesting because I think there's a real possibility. I don't know what his contract is, but if he doesn't get the title, I think he comes back to AEW at some point where he helped he helped found it. And well,
3: what? Well, what if it's Cody? and the rock work together they get rock, uh, punk out of the ring at royal rumble and then it's it's rock and cody cody wins wrestlemania and then cody fights at wrestlemania for the title and then reigns somewhere along the way loses the title for some dumb reason
8: right which is getting to the po- getting to ridiculous stature right like they they better like this payoff of him losing like i don't know who should take it but it's got it's on the level now to me of the Undertaker streak, Josh. It's gotta be and with The Undertaker it wasn't it was looking back, it was kinda cool, Brock did it and everyone was just so shocked. But you have a chance to whoever does it, you may, you are a king maker. You make that guy forever if you do it right. And WWE often does it not right, but we'll 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 see if they if well, they can I mean, get Vin, that
3: point. We know Vince ain't in, in charge anymore.
8: Oh so. good lord!
3: Right? Oh so my I mean, gosh, uh, no, thank uh, goodness. I mean, Holy my cow. my working assumption that you know Triple H and Khan they're probably coming up with some strategy.
8: Yeah, that's true. You know what? We have to start maybe getting our minds out of the old way that it was always done. And because let me see ask you a question: if
3: yeah. if the man who unseats Roman is Cody Rhodes. Oh, wow. What, what what does that do to the narrative? You know what I mean? That, you know what?
8: If that does it, what that does is I think it ends any remaining narrative of Triple H being, you know, bitter or clicky or whatever or trying to hold guys down who've done them wrong in the past. I think it tears down any walls for anyone to think, oh, I'm coming in. I'm not a WWE guy, so I'm not going to succeed. Or I left and I came back and they're going to hose me like before. You do that. That wipes all that out. I well, think that's a game changer. But
3: doesn't Punk fall in that conversation too? Yeah, but I really hope he doesn't. That guy bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but t- taking away your yeah, personal yeah, bias, yeah, yeah, right? yeah,
8: yeah, yeah. If, if, yeah, if, uh, yeah, yeah. Like you know what? The thing they, is too, though. Like Sub Punk was a champ. He came back. I, I bet you he like that guy. He hasn't. I don't think he's wrestled yet. I, Deca, you look at him too hard nowadays, he's getting injured. I bet you something derails it in that sense. Well, that's
3: why I'm wondering. It's like if you if you give it to Cody, like like if it, if it's Royal Rumble, right, and it, yeah. it's, it's Rock, Cody, and Punk, but then Rock and Cody team up and get Punk out of the ring,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and then Rody ah. wins Royal Rumble, and, you know, the Rock— then him and Cody are like a partnership. And Rock does the whole, like, I knew your dad, your dad, you know, my family. family yeah, you know, yeah, the Rock's yeah. all about family. And then it all yeah. becomes, you know, the Rock and the roads. you know, they build, they build a family and it's like the rival to the tribe. That's their lineage. That's sort of that generation. Oh, right. that's good.
8: I can get on board with that. They, they should hire me to do this. Job. We're booking. We're booking here, man. I like that. Listen, that would that would make sense. That's what make I'm, more sense. I'm available. It, yeah, Triple
3: H likes the Sixers. You know, I mean, come on, Trip, come on, Trips.
8: Yeah, like hey, CM Punk's always better as a loner guy, anyway. Right? He's always good. He, he doesn't. You know, I know he was uh, whatever the group way back. What was it called the, with the armband? Not NXT. It
3: was oh, the no, thing? No, no, you know well, what I'm talking well, Because well, it was him, Seth Rollins, and um... they had the big guy too. Ah, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking she, about? Was it, it was the, the Shield?
8: No, no, no. SHIELD was Ambrose slash Moxley and Reigns. Okay. Punk was with I forget. It doesn't matter. But he was with he was with a group one time and it didn't quite fit. He's better as a lone a lone wolf guy, conspiracy theory, nut type of deal.
3: Yeah, I mean I just I I feel like for Punk, I feel like he I, I think that he's going to probably evolve at some point into like just a almost a purely Mike guy.
8: You know what I mean? I- yeah, like like kind of his you know, one of his heroes is Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And what did what did Piper do so well? Now, he has more in ring ability than Piper did. Right. Um but, but at this but point in his but, career, does he?
3: But what he could do is maybe he could just be like a every once in a while guy. You know, he could be <laughs> the, the guy who like he doesn't wrestle but he's on all, all the shows, right? But he like works with like he he becomes like um oh my god, and not I, I know you mentioned Piper, but I'm thinking of somebody else. Um Jesse Ventura? Jesse the Body? No, but like maybe a little, like, basically a guy Mart- like like... Um,
8: Macho Man for a bit was like that near the end of WWE. A little bit.
3: Who, he was who on is, the mic. I, I see the guy on my mind. <sighs> the, the the guy who had the feud with Bobby Lashley a couple a couple years ago because he tried to make himself like he was a kingmaker on Raw. He always wore the uh, nice suits.
8: Uh, Not, um, not uh... Andrade, no. no, no, I
3: don't know, no. Well, but he, he, oh, he will. He feuded with Andrade too. He feuded with everybody for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he always wore the nice suit and like he could still wrestle, but he like tried to present himself like I'm a manager right. now. Um, I'm drawing a blank. bald, bald head.
8: <laughs> Not Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bald head now. <laughs> like, I can see Punk on the mic though. I can see that's Punk what I'm on saying. commentary. Like, he could be
3: like the guy who like. Uh, because I was champ, I am going to pick the guy. You know, right, that, right,
8: right. Yeah, kind of elevate himself. I wouldn't mind him on um, on commentary, though. I think eventually on commentary, he could be, I think he'd be real good. I think he'd be real good because he's, he's done spots before. I think he'd be good at it. All
3: right, I got to let you go. I'm late for a break.
8: Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, buddy.
3: <laughs> at mc 81 the sick Get podcast. Here. Like, subscribe, watch it on YouTube. <laughs> Take care, my friend. Andy McNamara. Josh Hedick here on 97.3 ESPN. There you go. For all the people who were texting in the text board asking for wrestling talk earlier, we gave you way more than we should have here on a happy hour Friday. I feel like I need a drink after how much time we spent on that conversation. (laughs) Josh Hedick pulling in for my kill on 97.3 ESPN.
4: What's the easiest choice you can make?
2: The Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app.
3: Josh Hennick here filling in for Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Don't forget the Sports Bash being brought to you by the Gallery Bar Booking Games at Ocean Casino Resort. Go to the Gallery. Go to Ocean. Go for the win. For more info, visit theoceanac.com. Gambling problem. Call one 800 Gambler Mike Yell will be back on Monday when they are at the Gallery Bar Booking Games. Him, Ryan Rothstein, and Danny Ryan at Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City for Monday's edition of the Sports Bash. We'll grab in some more text before we uh, wrap up the hour. A couple of uh, short conversations here on game, uh, it's no game night tonight, okay, on 97.3 And We'll have a best of a couple of the interviews from today's Sports Bash. And I'll be back in my normal time slot on Monday here on 973 ESPN. A couple of thoughts I wanted to hit on, uh, because, uh, you know, we, we just, we were all over the place, me and Andy. And, you know, one of the things we, we were touching on was the future of coaching. And I got to tell you guys, I, I genuinely think that. The Eagles, the Eagles are doing the right thing, at least right now. But this Belichick thing is going to hang like a dark cloud over the entire NFL this upcoming season. Because what's going to happen is the more, the further away we get from Belichick actually coaching to actually having For example, teams be like, well, wait a minute. What is going on here? Think about this. The more time that goes between Belichick having actually coached, people seeing him, and then people seeing the NFL without him, there are going to be people who come along Who are going to be like, you know what, my team, my organization, my coach, they're not as good as Belichick. I need Bill Belichick. And that's my concern with the Eagles right now. Nick Sirianni has to get this thing right. Or he is going to be gone. And whether it's the offensive coordinator that they hire is going to be the next head coach, whether it's... You know the Eagles going to an offseason trying to go with Bill Belichick, whoever it is, whatever the scenario is. There is going to be a dark cloud where every NFL team is going to have that question: Should my team fire my guy for that guy? Because you are literally talking about an entire hiring cycle with Bill Belichick, who's that close, so close to that record. And as me and Andy talked about, he wants it bad. And there's a lot of teams that are going to want to look at him for a variety of reasons. Jeffrey Lurie is from New England. He grew up a Patriots fan. He has always had a good relationship with Robert Kraft and the Patriots organization. There is an admiration society between Howie Roseman and Bill Belichick. That's one team right there. Cowboys. They would love to say that Belichick broke the all-time record with their guy there. Right? Right? With Belichick in the house, in the building, with the star. They can put the big banner up that says Belichick won his final games here. Like, they can make a whole thing out of it. Or look at a team that's got a lot of history. You know, for example, you know, Buffalo Bills never won a Super Bowl. What if Belichick goes to Buffalo wins them a championship? What kind of history would that be? Or he goes back to the Giants. Brian Dayball falls apart in New York. Belichick comes in on a white horse and saves the day. There's all kinds of scenarios that come from this. So I think Belichick not getting a head coaching job might be the worst thing possible for all of these teams in the NFL. Because you got coaches like Sirianni and uh, Mike McCarthy and others. They're going to be have a lot of eyeballs on them. you just got to wonder. The ghost of Belichick past could haunt them this season. All right, we'll check back on the text board. Uh, I want to get back to Shaner and EHT. He, he texted more than what I read earlier, so I want to give him the full read there. So I'll get to him and, of course, a couple others. Um Andrew is always response, He has a comment on the Sixers, so I'll get to him. Also, others. One more round of text, 609-403-0973. Josh Henning filling in for Mike L. On a happy hour Friday, had some very interesting. I've got not one, but two gusto recommendations today. I've got not one, but two K May brewing recommendations today. I've got a Goose Island recommendation today. That's a very interesting recommendation. A Bud Light, a Miller Light. You guys are everywhere today. I'm have- I like the variety, variety is the spice of life. So we'll get to more texts coming up on the other side. Josh Heddington from Mike Gill here on the Sports Bash. Happy Hour Friday, 97.3 ESPN.
6: It's Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: With Mike Gill. Do
3: I have everybody's attention now?
2: On 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. All
3: right, let's wrap up the show here, Sports Bash. Josh Hedrick filling for Mike Gill on 97.3 seven three. ESPN three, ESPN mobile app powered by first bank. Seattle Don't forget sports bash has been brought to you by Broadleys plumbing, heat and air conditioning. Broadleys is your trusted source for heating and plumbing service and installation for generations. Call them at 609-390-3907 or visit them online at broadleys.net. Jamie and Kate May chimes in and says, I got to say dogfish head 90 minute will do just fine. With a three thumbs up and a piece size. We've got all kinds of emojis going on here from Jamie and K-May. Jamie, thanks for the text. Dogfish Head always makes a good brew. So I definitely can rock with that. Shannon and EHT, the full text he said earlier because he agreed with Amy McNamara on the, on the time. He says, uh, better markets adjust to times. He also says Biggie is better than West Coast rap. That's probably going to offend some people. Uh, Shaner says, at least finishing like bums will give us some 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. games next year. I hate prime time. That's from Shaner and EHT. Shaner, if I had a dollar for every person who told me that they hate the Eagles not at 1 p.m. this year, I would be able to pay probably half my bills. I mean, that's how many people who were just constantly saying, I can't stand there's no 1 p.m. games. The sinks, there's no 1 p.m. games. It's so frustrating. You're right. The Eagles will not be a primetime juggernaut next year. At least start the (laughs) season. Andrew Summers Point says, I say we sit the Sixers and wait till Harris's contract comes off and then use that salary cap and move the Sixers' roster around from there. The problem is, Andrew, by that point, uh, you might have wasted a season of Indeed, and then who knows the future is. Remember, the Portland Trailblazers won a championship when Bill Walton was healthy. All the years he wasn't healthy, they didn't do anything. Sixers might be in the same boat. All right, what a crazy show it was today. Thanks to Mike McGarry, Chris Franklin, Adam Kaplan, Brandon Scoopy Robinson, Andy McNamara, and thank you to all of you Texting in throughout the day on the text board. I'm Josh, headache filling for Mike Gill. Have a great weekend,
0: everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by.